What's going on guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. About a week ago, I did one of these compilation videos. You guys really loved it, so I figured I would bring you another one. Probably going to be the last one for a while. Got to start saving up for the uh, compilations I do at the end of the year. But hopefully you guys enjoy this. If you do, be sure to press the like button. If you're new, subscribe. And without further ado, enjoy. I am, and today I've got a story time that was sent in to me about this dude's unfortunate experience with his uh, step-uncle at a family reunion. Apparently dude's just a boomer who doesn't really understand why people wouldn't want to do 90 hours a week of hard labor. I know, I know, it just sounds so enticing, doesn't it? Anyways, guys, uh, it should be a pretty entertaining story time, so without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so like I said, the person that sent this in to me was at a family reunion, and it just so happens that they're at that age where, like, they could get a job, but, you know, they're very fortunate to be in a situation where they play a game competitively, and they've managed to make a little bit of money playing this game, right? Not enough to, like, pay off mom and dad's house, buy a car, you know, move to Calabasas or anything, but they're making enough money playing video games that, like, you know, they don't necessarily need to go get a crappy part-time job to be able to have, like, money to go out on Friday. And listen, I'm gonna say that's pretty cool, you know? I feel like if you're making money playing video games, period, that's pretty cool in my opinion, just because not a lot of people do it. And on top of it, like, you know, what's better than getting paid to just game if it's something you're gonna do anyways? You know, the dude had gotten really into the game, was playing it all the time, and, uh, just because of the situation, now he's getting paid to do something he does all the time. What a G. And I don't want you to think that this guy gets to his family reunion and is running around telling everyone that would listen that like, yo, dude, I'm getting paid to play video games. I'm so much better than you, bro. When I'm as rich as Mr. Beast, I'm not giving you 10,000. You know, nothing like that was going on. In fact, he was just kind of avoiding the subject with most of his family members because a lot of them were older and he just figured that they would kind of make fun of it or not really understand. So he was just kind of keeping it low key. And one of the people that he didn't really know too well at this like family reunion was his aunt's new husband which would make him step uncle I think and you know he comes over and starts talking to him and they're talking about like life and all that stuff and the step uncle starts asking him about like what work he does you know and listen I want to make this very clear I understand that like YouTube videos video games I don't want anyone to think that I think it's comparable to hard labor all right it's just not you know people work a lot harder than like video game players people work a lot harder than YouTubers it doesn't mean that I think it's like the most useful job in the planet, but I don't want anyone to think I'm about to crap on like people who do real work, you know? That being said, there's something where like some of these people do this thing, and I'm not saying 99% of people who work very hard jobs aren't like this, but there's the 1% that's like, oh yeah, you know, if you're not willing to work 90 hours a week of overtime and sweat and almost die the entire time you're working, then you're just not working, you know? Like, you know the type I'm talking about where they're like, yeah, sure. Sure, I work 180 hours a week, but that's because I'm willing to grind and you're not. It just so happened that his wife's new husband was one of those dudes that's like, if you're not out there breaking your back, then you're not a real man. You know, so he starts asking this guy who happens to play video games for money about his job and whatnot, and he starts prying a lot. Like, well, what do you do? Like, oh, what, what's your specialty? Da-da-da-da-da. And eventually, after a lot of prying, he just decides to come clean, and he tells this dude, he's like, listen, I play video games for money. You know, it's not a ton, but, like, it's fun. I really enjoy it. And the step-uncle literally does, like, a sound, like a idiot, and starts screaming at him, like, well, that's not real work, you know? I was asking if you have a 
job. I didn't realize that you were one of these idiots that think it's hard work to be on the computer. And the kid's just kind of confused a little bit because it's like, listen, bro, even if you don't like that people are playing video games for a living, it's just kind of weird to start insulting your, like, wife's nephew because you don't feel like what he does for money is a real job because it really doesn't matter if you like it or not. I mean, if he's getting paid to do it, it just is what it is. It's kind of a job, right? You know, there's a lot of stuff that, like, uh, people would be like, you can get paid for that? And honestly, as long as the person's getting their bag and it's not affecting anyone in a negative way, it really shouldn't matter, right? So he's confused and he's like, yeah, well, you know, I never said that it's insanely hard work. I never said that it's the hardest job in the world, but I'm getting paid for it. So, you know, it counts. And that's a pretty fair defense. You know, not once was this guy like, yeah, by being a professional gamer, I actually have the brain power of 80 normal adults. He just said, yeah, you know, sometimes I get paid to play video games, so I don't really have a part-time job while I'm in school. And his uncle's response to him explaining that is like, well, no, it's just actually pathetic that you think that's work at all. And at this point, he's just like, bro, what are you talking about? You know, once again, I'm not saying I work as hard as you. I'm not saying I work as many hours. You asked what I do for money, so I answered your question. And the uncle asks a question of him now, trying to, like, make him look bad. I just don't think the uncle really thought through the implications of this question. Because he's like, so what? You're telling me that if they were going to give you millions of dollars to play video games, you would just do it and you wouldn't have another job? Which, like, dude, I can't believe that question came out of your mouth because, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure anyone would do that, bro. I'll be honest, if a company wanted to toss me a couple million of dollars a year to just watch paint dry, dude, I would become a professional at it. You know, you change that to just, like, playing video games for a lot of money? Yeah, who wouldn't do that? You're telling me that if you have an option, both jobs pay the exact same. Like, stick with me here. Hypothetically, there's an imaginary job offer, right? They're like, we're going to pay you $2 million a year. Your option is to do a bunch of hard labor or your option is to play video games and your payment's the exact same. Listen, you know, I, I don't know why you would choose to go break your body and work really hard if you don't have to. Like, duh, he's going to pick that option. And so that's what the kid says to his uncle. He's like, yeah, of course I would. If the situation presented itself to make a bunch of money as a video game player, I would take it. And he starts going off on this ramp about how, like, video games make you pathetic and this entire generation has just turned into an, a bunch of entitled lazy people. And listen, I'm not going to say that there's not entitled lazy people. I think they're in every generation. It is what it is. That being said, I'm not really understanding how this dude putting in work and winning tournaments to get paid makes him pathetic or lazy or not wanting to work. Like, you know, I, I've never been exceptionally incredible at video games. I've been to tournaments before and stuff. You know, I, I've, like, tried to play in tournaments and whatnot. If someone's pretty consistently winning money at a popular video game, I'm assuming that they're putting in hard work at the game. Once again, you can't really compare it to somebody breaking their back, like changing air conditioning or anything. That being said, the idea that like, you know, he's just pathetic and video gaming and wants to do no work for his money doesn't really make sense either. Anyways, this guy's still in the middle of his rant of how, you know, this generation sucks because all they want to do is, is be YouTubers and play video games. And he literally cuts off his uncle in the middle of this rant and goes like, well, dude, what do you want me to do? You know, not make money doing something that I like to do? And he's like, well, you know, I'm just saying you should consider getting a real job. And he's like, okay, but even if I was going to go get a real job, I'm in school. I couldn't work a full-time job. I'd have to do a part-time job. And at that point, I will make less money than I do currently playing video games. So why would I do that? And his uncle's like, because you're setting yourself up for failure and making yourself pathetic by having to put that on your resume. 
And he's like, well, I just won't put it on my resume. And then his uncle starts lecturing him about he's ridiculous if he thinks he's going to be able to raise a family on a gamer salary, which just the phrase gamer salary in and of itself sounds silly, right? But on top of that, dude, not once did this guy say that, like, that's it. That's the entire plan. You know, he's going to be a gamer forever. He's going to, you know, raise a family while playing games. All he had said was, I currently play video games because I make as much as I would at a part-time job. That's not even a crap ton of money, bro. It's just enough to be like, yeah, there's no reason for me to go do that if I can do this. If he had told his uncle, you know, I'm dropping out of college, I'm dropping out of high school to start pursuing this, this gaming career where I'm making 50 bucks a week, yeah, by all means, go off on him. Tell him that's a horrible idea. But he didn't say that. The dude's still in school. He still has college plans. He's aware of the fact that, like, sure, everything works out. He gets to play video games. That's the dream. But he's not delusional out here being like, yeah, I actually punched my mom in the face with my textbook because she said I couldn't drop out to become a pro player. So this giant rant that this dude's step-uncle is going on just doesn't really apply to him, like, in the slightest. And I also love this boomer, like, you know, rhetoric. Oh, video games make people pathetic and lazy. Listen, dog, there's literally been lazy people forever. In fact, like, one of my favorite things I've ever found is this quote. I really can't remember where it's from, so whatever. I guess it's not too great at the quote thing, but it was something like some dude from the Middle Ages saying that his kid had been reading too many books. You know, I think whatever generation is before the generation that's currently there just isn't gonna understand them and thinks they're lazy and not doing everything right. And you know what? Sometimes they're right. I'm not gonna sit here and say that Gen Z's got the strongest work ethic to ever exist, but to say that all of us are pathetic because we play video games just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, you know? If video games made everybody pathetic, then just like the entire population of young people would be pathetic, dog. Every mom that's got Candy Crush downloaded is technically pathetic by your analysis here. And I don't know, man. I just don't feel like everyone that plays Candy Crush is pathetic. Sure, you know, I'm not gonna say everyone playing Candy Crush is also a stud, but to be like, ah, video games, if you play them, pathetic. Kind of weird. Anyways, uncle's going on a rant and he's like, still trying to explain to him, this isn't my life plan. I don't think I'm gonna raise a family on this, dude. I never said that. And he's still going off about how it's a horrible idea and he should just quit video games and get a real job. And at this point, he's just screaming at him. And so everybody at the family reunion is starting to look and his wife walks over to him and is like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, did you know that your nephew was playing video games for money? And she looks at him and she's like, oh, that's really cool. And he's like, you think that's cool? I think it's going to warp his mind and turn him into a pathetic loser with no work ethic. And his wife looks at him and just asks him like a question that truthfully he should have asked sooner, but you know, just hadn't come to his mind. He's like, well, why do you care. And he's like, what do you mean, why do I care? And he's like, listen, if he wants to play video games for money, as long as he can support himself, who cares if he's lazy? It doesn't really impact you at all. And he's like, yeah, but you know, I I don't want people to be lazy. And he's like, all right, I understand that you don't want people to be lazy, but as long as he's making money, why do you care? And you know, step uncle's sitting there stammering for a little bit, not knowing what to say. And then he starts being like, well, look at the hours I have to put in. It's not fair that he would get to play video games and make more than that. And the kid's like, yeah, I'm not saying it's fair, bro. Like, by all means, I get where you're coming from. It would suck to work 90 hours a week, you know, and just know that, like, someone playing video games made more. That would suck. That being said, what do you want me to do, bro? I'm in a position to get paid to play video games. Don't hate the player, hate the game. 
Like what? This guy's supposed to turn down money for playing video games because his uncle works really hard at a job? Th that's just not his problem, dude. You know, like, I can understand how it's annoying, but what? He's supposed to not take the money because you work hard? And so he says something to his uncle about, like, yeah, I can understand how that's frustrating, but I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to stop getting paid to play video games just because you don't like it. And his uncle snaps back something along the lines of, like, well, then I guess you'll just have to live with the fact that I don't respect you. Which, listen, man, you know, call me crazy. If you're going to tear into me, call me a loser, say I'm pathetic, make fun of my job, I don't really care if you respect me because it's pretty obvious that you already don't. Like, if you already are calling this dude a pathetic loser who's lame and is going to be a pathetic loser forever what does he have to lose by you not liking him it's not like you're you know his biggest fan right now anyways and even then what oh you're not gonna respect me you're right oh i i shouldn't get paid to play video games that's that's so true like <laughs> what bro hey man listen you should just quit your job otherwise your mom will be mad okay well i guess my mom's gonna be mad unless you try to start pay my rent or something anyways he looks at his uncle and says well i can live with that and at that point his uncle gets pissed and literally like goes and storms into the garage and everybody in the family family reunion is kind of just like looking at the situation awkwardly and he wasn't trying to make a scene but it is what it is bro like he's the one that stormed out and what did he expect him to say man like all right I can live with that like you're the one saying that I don't respect you anymore like what did you want him to do get on his knees and cry but regardless you know he storms out of there and they just kind of like didn't talk for the rest of the family reunion he talked to everybody else fine a couple of his like you know younger cousins thought what he was doing was really cool because obviously at that point a lot of people started asking about it you know it is what it is you can't have a screaming fight about something and expect people not to mention it after that but the entire time that the family reunion was going on his uncle just like wouldn't make eye contact with him and whenever he was near he would just loudly complain about like how lazy the new generation has become which listen bro you want to talk about not respecting this kid like you know at least go up to him and be like i don't like you you're lazy instead of just oh this generation's become so lame as loud as possible and to make things just even more awkward right you got to remember this is a fully grown man. You'd think after an hour or two he might calm down and be like, wow, I got really mad at this kid for making money playing video games. That's kind of silly. But instead, when he went to say goodbye to everybody, dude, he literally walked around the party and gave everybody this big, long, like, it's such an honor to be a part of your family now. Thank you so much for inviting me. Just this big, sappy speech. But when he got to the kid who, like, you know, was playing video games, he was standing with his mom, his dad, and his brother. And this dude's step-uncle literally said goodbye to everybody in his family except for him and like didn't even acknowledge him just still the entire time he was saying goodbye like just averted eye contact avoided mentioning it at all which listen man I I'm just saying that's even more on you bro you don't like somebody I guess you don't have to talk to them but if you're like some grown man beefing with some kid because apparently you work harder than him and you hate that he gets paid playing video games and then you don't make eye contact or like say goodbye when it's also your wife's nephew I don't know dude why are you letting this kid live in your head rent free man like, it, listen, I understand that it would suck, right? I'm not saying I don't get why it sucks. But you're just letting him get a massive W by pretending he doesn't exist and, like, being afraid to look him in the eye or talk to him, you know? What do you expect this 16-year-old to do? 720 no-scope you? Like, dude, you're a grown man. Either way, obviously, the entire interaction was very awkward. But, uh, you know, believe it or not, he did not end up quitting and never playing video games again just because his step-uncle got very upset about it. My goodness, who could have possibly seen that coming? 
happening. I'll be honest, even if my uncle was like, I don't like this, I'd be like, well, that sucks for you, bro. It's not your life. It is what it is. All right, so this story time actually takes place on this guy's Father Day celebration from last year. So, uh, happy Father's Day. But, you know, about a year ago, him and his family decided to get together at their grandparents' house. And it was something that they do every year. It's his grandpa, his dad, his uncles, all that jazz. It's kind of a family day where they celebrate all the dads in one. And it usually was a pretty cool day because, like, all the cousins could hang out and goof off. And that was until the Minecraft kid striked quite like the Fire Nation from Avatar. He had a cousin that I'm gonna call Randy for the story time that was a Minecraft kid to the point where he would, like, talk in terms most people wouldn't understand. Ah, oh, my hunger bar is dropping! My hearts won't regen! Instead of just being like, I'm hungry. And Grandma would look at him and be like, what did you say? And he would just repeat it over and over until someone would try to translate and it was just really annoying you know it wasn't much worse than just being annoying until this story time but he was just a little bit too into it and it just so happened that the subscriber that sent this in to me was listening to a phone call that his mom had had with his aunt which was randy's mom while he was in the car and his aunt didn't realize that he was in the car listening but she starts talking about how randy had been too into minecraft and whenever they try to tell him to stop playing minecraft or get off he would swear at them and throw things at them and be like, no, I'm not gonna get off, I don't want to, which is really wild. I feel like there's no reason to be swearing at your parents at all, especially over Minecraft. That's probably the cringiest game to get that angry over. Oh, mom, you're just such a... Just let me play games now. Throws a hydro flask into the wall. Like, I don't think any of this was necessary for the block game. Or any game for that matter. It really doesn't matter what the game is. If you're like, yeah, I'm always swearing at my mom and throwing things at them in order to play more Xbox. It's just cringe. Doesn't matter if it's Minecraft, doesn't matter if it's Bloons Tower Defense, it doesn't even matter if it's Doom, it's still weird. Anyways, he's listening to his aunt talk and he thinks it's weird that it's like impossible for them to just kick him off Minecraft. And then his aunt says something that makes it all make sense. We don't even tell him to stop anymore because we don't want to upset him. You know, you're supposed to do the whole parenting thing. You don't let him bully mom and dad into submission. I think that's gonna give him the wrong idea. Oh, if I just throw stuff at my parents and swear at them then they'll let me play minecraft until the cows come home i don't think that's the message that you want to be sending either way father's day rolls around and they all go over to the grandparents house and it's father's day so you know it was kind of expected that they weren't going to be on their phones too much uh, you wouldn't bring a game console because it's just one day. You don't really need it. You can spend one day with your family a year and it's not that big of a deal and you don't need to be like playing video games for one day, which seems kind of fair. I love video games. I literally do, but I don't need to play them all the time. In fact, when I'm on vacation, it's not like I'm sitting there itching. I need to hit a cod, man. Either way, Randy walks into the party with a TV in his hands and a backpack on and he walks right right past everybody, doesn't say hi, into his grandparents' den, and just starts to set up his game console. He had brought a whole setup over to Father's Day just so he didn't have to interact with anyone and ignored everyone. Not even just an iPad either. He really busted out the whole TV, dude. He brought an entertainment center, basically, over to Grandma's. And his grandma walks into the den and says something along the lines of like, hey, you know, don't forget that it's Father's Day. You didn't really have to bring that. Let's not play too much. And he didn't even say hi to anyone. So her being like, hey, we don't need to do this right now is fair. And he snaps back at his grandma's 
saying, the reason I didn't say hi is because it has nothing to do with Minecraft, which, uh, yeah, I don't think saying hi to your grandparents should have anything to do with Minecraft. There's no reason to have an obsession of that level. Like, I get being passionate about things, but you don't need to talk about it literally all the time, especially snapping at grandma. I don't think she knows anything about Minecraft. It's not like she's gonna know what's up. Plus, snapping at grandma is just rude. Think about all the mac and cheese she's ever made you do. Just be nice. She's just trying to do the old lady thing, tell you to come spend time with your family instead of playing Minecraft because you brought your entire TV for some reason. Gonna ask them to make the internet better just while you're here. And his grandma's kind of taken aback by the response because it was rude, but she just decides to walk out. But when she goes out to where everybody else is, she says something about how he was rude and wanted to play video games. And his grandpa is like, well, not on Father's Day, I'll handle it. And he goes to talk to his cousin. And his grandpa is usually a really quiet guy. It's not like him to ever confront anyone about everything. So everyone is kind of like, ooh, okay, this is going to be serious. If grandpa's going to go talk to him about it, he'll probably listen. But when his grandpa gets up to go talk to his cousin, his cousin's parents are just sitting there saying nothing, looking around, pretending nothing is happening. It seemed like they went to the ostrich school of parenting, which is where you just shove your head in the sand and pretend nothing's happening. The grandma comes out, yeah, your son just yelled at me, told me that Minecraft was more important than anything. They're like, oh, wow, we just, uh, pretending not to hear you. Yep, that's our plan, just pretend we didn't hear it. Not our problem, not our house. Oh, there goes, uh, my dad to discipline him. Yeah, he can handle that one. Is this their attitude for everything? He's just on an arson spree burning down grandma's house. They just become the dog meme sitting there in the flames. Like, everything is fine. Sitting on the couch pretending nothing is going wrong around them. Either way, the subscriber just kind of took note that they didn't seem worried. It was almost as if their kid disrespecting everybody in the house and, like, playing Minecraft was something that they expected to happen, as if they had had this discussion before they even got here. But either way, the grandpa goes in there and says, Hey, it's Father's Day. I know the video games are really cool, but we would really appreciate if you would come out and celebrate with me, your dad, and your uncles today. So just come on, spend time with the family. We'd really appreciate it. You can do this later. He wasn't mean about it. It's not like grandpa went in there all boomer mode. These video games are ruining your brain. No, he was just like, hey, now's not the time. I get you like this, but your family's out there. Come hang out. Well, apparently Randy did not want anyone to tell him to get off the Minecraft. Because he turns to his grandpa and says like, go away, old man. I don't care about stupid Father's Day. I have a game to play. Which is just hilarious to me. Get away, old man, I've got a game to play. But his grandpa's shocked at how mean it is and, like, kind of yells at him a little bit. You will not talk to me that way. Which is how most parents or grandparents would have responded to that. You know, like, someone snaps at you, says you're an old man, go away when you're trying to be nice. You'd probably be like, hey, don't talk to me like that. In the living room, here's the grandpa yelling, don't talk to me that way. And that finally makes Minecraft kids' parents get off the couch and go in there. You would think to be like, hey, stop yelling at your grandpa. But no, because when Randy's mom walks into the room, she starts going off at the grandpa. Why are you yelling at my son? What is going on? And he's like, he told me he's an old man and he doesn't care about Father's Day, so I said don't talk to me like that. And his mom defends Randy and says, well, it's his choice to talk like that. We live in America. You're not here to patrol his language. Which, fair. Technically, we live in America. You can say whatever you want, but it's very rude to talk to your grandpa like that, especially when he's just being insanely chill, asking you to come spend time with the family on a family holiday. How are you 
gonna sit there and be like, it's his right to curse out grandpa. Everything's chill. Poor grandpa just wanted to spend time with the family on Father's Day. This guy's like, no, Steve is more important. At that point, the subscriber's dad, though, uh, sides against his wife and his kid and is like, all right, come on, you don't need to yell at my dad on Father's Day. And he looks at his kid and says, like, just get off the Xbox and come spend time with the family. And the grandpa says, yeah, get off and come spend time with the family. And his mom snaps at the grandpa again and is like, you are not in charge of my son. Don't tell him what to do. And now it's an awkward standoff situation. And listen, if I was in Randy's shoes at this point, I would probably just get off the Xbox and go to the living room. There's no reason to turn this into an episode of Maury where people are going to end up like throwing chairs and screaming at each other. Minecraft isn't worth it, dude. But uh, I guess he didn't give a crap. In his mind, he was like, let's up the ante. We've got to go full Mori. Let's have all the daytime television shows related to that in one second. Because he yells out that he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't want to do. And all he wants to do is play Minecraft. So you losers better leave him alone. And at that point, the grandpa's just getting insanely pissed, and he looks at his grandson's parents and says, look, either you guys have to stop and reprimand him and tell him that's not appropriate, or I think that all of you should leave, because I'm not going to be talked to like that in my house. And this time, his son, Randy's dad, goes, you would kick us out of the house on Father's Day? Yeah, man, that's what happens when you're just screaming at him, telling him you don't respect him, calling him a loser, saying that it's not important. Like, yeah, go home. If you guys are just going to sit here and argue with me the whole time, then go home. Your kid's just going to play Xbox, then he can play Xbox at home. Your kid's talking to Grandpa like he owns the place. I wouldn't be hyped that you weren't doing anything either. And all he's saying is discipline the kid or you have to leave. If you were doing any of the parenting thing, you would realize that even if you want him to be playing Minecraft, there's no reason for him to be screaming that Grandpa's a loser, especially on Father's Day. It's just really mean. Like, I don't know, yelling at your grandpa, calling him a loser is mean any day. But on the day where you're supposed to be celebrating dads, it just feels especially cold. Yeah, I do have a granddad, but he's a loser cringe lord that doesn't understand Minecraft, like air horns going off in the background. And now it's just turned into an all-out family fight. And keep in mind, all of this is over Minecraft. The entire family is screaming at each other, arguing, because this guy just had to get his Minecraft hours in, bring the entire TV, the whole gaming setup. It was more important than him, to him, sorry, than the entire family relationship. Somewhere out there, the maker of Minecraft Notch is sitting there, like, rubbing his hands together. I knew eventually Steve would have the power to destroy families. Randy, though, decides to turn it up to 11 and says some of the cringiest things ever, screaming that he doesn't respect any man in this room except for his dad and Minecraft Steve. And everyone's like, what? Because in this room are his uncles, his dad, his grandpa, like a bunch of people from his life. And he just says that, nah, they're irrelevant, they're stupid. And he says that Minecraft Steve is twice the man that his uncles and grandpa will ever be. And I don't even know how you're supposed to respond to that. Like, you respect a video game character more than your grandpa? Kinda weird. Especially a character that doesn't even do anything or talk, like Minecraft Steve. Any character would have been insanely cringe. Like, no matter what you said, if you said, oh, Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank is better than my dad, weird. But <laughs> this guy doesn't even have a personality. He's just basically an inanimate object that you completely control. All right, Steve is Steve. I guess he's four times the man anyone that actually exists is. 
But at that point, the subscriber's mom tries to calm everything down and is like, well, he didn't really mean that. Let's just all calm down. This is getting so out of hand and getting too heated. There's no point for anything to get this complicated over a silly little video game. And his mom said that, not trying to diss the video game, but pointing out, like I said, that the family is kind of tearing themselves apart over a video game. And Randy can't handle anyone disrespecting Minecraft, so he yells at the subscriber's mom that, like, it's not some silly little game. I've learned more about life from this game than anything you could have ever taught me. It's made me an architect. It's made me a strategist. And you know what? It's even got me interested in poetry. Which, hey, I don't know how that works. I don't know of anything in Minecraft that will get you interested in poetry. But even then, let's analyze that for a second, right? You just gotta calm down. Video games don't turn you into anything. You can't play Minecraft and call yourself an architect. You know how to build in Minecraft. But if you go and try to like get a job designing and building a building and you go I have plenty of experience in Minecraft they're gonna laugh you out of the room like you're not a strategy genius either imagine you signed up for the army you get to basic training no you don't need to show me how to use an m16 or an m4 I've played enough call of duty like video games are just not reality man and after that statement about how apparently he's a master strategist the grandpa had had enough and yells that they need to get out of his house and Randy and his family are shocked thinking that they would just argue forever and everyone would bow to them and randy's dad is like what how dare you tell me to get out of the house and before he can keep complaining grandpa cuts him off and just says i said get out of my house which i can't blame him at this point if someone had just been this disrespectful for so long calling me an idiot trying to pretend that minecraft made them a genius i would just want them to go too but after he officially is kicking them out randy's mom asked probably the dumbest question you could have ever asked in this scenario why are you kicking us out is what she asked i don't know maybe because you've been hurling insults at them for five minutes over a stupid video game and all of this started because the grandpa wanted to spend time with his grandkid and you came in and started yelling at him saying he had no right to tell your kid not to play xbox maybe that's why read the room there's like no way you didn't understand why they didn't want you there anymore it's supposed to be father's day and it became about how steve is a philosopher somehow minecraft steve and aristotle the most influential people on human history apparently 3,000 years from now, there's going to be statues of the block game, and people are going to be like, ah, never forget how Minecraft Steve completely reimagined human culture. I guess Randy had felt slighted by the fact that his grandparents didn't want him there anymore, so he screamed out something even dumber than how much he had immensely respected Steve, and like, just insulted his dad too, because he just yelled out, I wish Steve was my dad! Uh, okay? I mean, I don't really know what you want them to do with that information. You would still blow off Steve to play Minecraft even if he was your dad on Father's Day but I, I don't really know what they're supposed to do with that and also why insult your dad he's been having your back I mean your dad's on your side having your back and you're gonna dunk on him and be like I don't even want my dad I wish Steve was my dad Minecraft Steve is the coolest person to ever exist if anyone questions Minecraft Steve they better be thrown to the wolves you know, I actually want to create a camp where I have a bunch of grizzly bears. I don't feed them a whole lot. Anytime someone insults Minecraft, toss them into the bear pit, baby. That's Randy's plan. Imagine having a dad like Steve, too. Like, just roll with me for a second. Let's pretend somehow, miraculously, he gets Minecraft Steve as a dad. What's he gonna do? Just silently punch trees? Hey, man, where's your dad at? Oh, I don't know. A few weeks ago, he went out on an expedition and hasn't been back, probably looking for a village and punching trees forever. What a weird sense 
sentence. Not once have I ever been playing a video game and been like, oh, I wish this guy was my dad. And it adds extra insult to injury doing it on Father's Day. So now everyone's all pissed off, but Grandpa's insisting that they leave. And they're still trying to argue with him, screaming at each other. And finally, the grandpa just does like the horse whistle thing, the really loud one that would get everybody's attention. And so everyone goes quiet and looks and the grandpa says, enough, you guys need to leave now. And they're shocked, but they reluctantly start packing up their things, leaving. And Randy is taking his sweet time packing up his Xbox and his TV, the entire gaming setup that he brought here. And when he is packing all that stuff up, He's just talking about how, like, he can't believe that his family has such a lack of respect for his interests. Which is a hilarious sentence. You want to talk about a lack of respect? It's nuts to bring the Xbox to Father's Day with the TV, set it up, and then be surprised when they go, wait, why did you bring that? Aren't you supposed to spend time with us? You hurl insults at them, and then they say, get out. And you're like, no one respects my hobbies. Respect is a two-way road, big dog, not a one-way. And no one says anything back, and they leave. And after they leave, his grandpa starts yelling, asking questions at everyone, like, what is my... Minecraft, why did he care so much? Grandpa didn't even know what was going on. Really was out here thinking Steve was probably a secret brother-husband that the family had. I wish Steve was my dad. Who is Steve? So, uh, the subscriber starts trying to explain to his grandpa that, like, it's just some video game. And no, most people are not that into it. That's a very rare situation. And as he's explaining to him that most people don't end up trying to fight with their family over Minecraft, the doorbell rings. And Grandpa goes to answer it, and when he opens the door, he's like, I told you guys to get off my property. And so, the subscriber moves to be able to see who's standing in the doorway. And he's shocked, because standing there is Randy and his mom. Like, they needed to come back and get the last word in. They just couldn't leave like that, because they had been kicked out. And Randy is like, Grandpa, I have something I want to say to you. And you would think it would be an apology. There's no way he came all the way back up to the door to not get his attention and be like, you suck even more. I was thinking he was going to apologize. And the fact that his mom's there makes the subscriber super confident he's going to apologize too. Because if he starts going off on his grandpa, then that means that mom had kind of signed off and approved of it. And so he opens his mouth and instead of an apology, he just launches into this insulting tirade. And I don't know why he thought that was the best course. Like if you really want to play Minecraft, here's your chance. Go home. You literally got kicked out and told to go home. If anything, you're biting into your own Minecraft time by sitting here and insulting your grandpa. You could have had a chance to just skedaddle, but no, apparently that would have been just way too easy to do. But Randy's tirade is basically just screaming that his grandpa is too old, which, duh, I don't think being a grandpa is a young person thing. Part of the thing that comes with being a grandpa is being older, and that because he's so old, he just doesn't understand Minecraft, which, yeah, water is also wet, dude. Nothing gets past you. Like, (laughs) what? Grandpa doesn't understand Minecraft. And he tops it off by saying that his grandpa should probably come into the 21st century. Yeah, uh, only issue, I don't think grandpas are notorious for being experts in video games, but who cares? Even if he's not an expert in video games, why does it matter if your grandpa is a Minecraft god? 
you're really gonna scream at grandpa and never talk to him again because he's not a Minecraft expert. Hate to break it to you, but most 68-year-old men are not gamers, and even if they are playing video games, it's older ones. It's not like they're Minecraft pros. Imagine walking into Father's Day, you see your grandma. Grandma, why are you not a 10th prestige in Call of Duty? What's wrong with you, you old sea hag? You're useless. You're not even a skilled gamer. What's your KD? 0.8? Grandma would probably smack you with a wooden spoon deservingly, and that's also how stupid you sound. Yelling at old people for not getting not old people things makes no sense. How would you feel if grandma smacked you with the newspaper and was like, you're horrible at Yahtzee and bingo. Get with the times. Grandma, I'm a kid. I'm not supposed to be good at Yahtzee or bingo. I'm gonna interrupt the video for just one second. If you guys are enjoying the video so far, I would really appreciate y'all taking a second to press the like button and comment Randy is stupid down below. It just helps the video do better, and uh, you know, I like when videos get more views, so if you don't mind liking and commenting, I'd appreciate it, and let's get back to the video. No matter how stupid the rant was, his grandpa's just standing there listening to him, and then says, yeah, okay kid, whatever, just leave now, and slams the door on them as they're explaining how he's too old and he needs to enter the 21st century, which has to be one of the most gangster moves of all time. And you know what? Another thing. I think that old people smell like doomf, just doors slam in his face. What a legend. Nothing says I don't care about your rant like slamming the door on the rant. And who cares what Randy has to say? He probably thought it was going to go into like movie mode where grandpa would listen to the speech and start crying and be like, I'm so sorry. Please come back and play Minecraft in the house and teach me everything. I, I want to understand Minecraft, please. I didn't realize it was making me so stupid. No, this is real life. Grandpa doesn't beg to play Minecraft. Grandpa slams the door on your face, and I don't know what else you expected, but that's a pretty grandpa move. But they didn't leave. They were still on the other side knocking and asking them to come to the door, but Grandpa didn't care. He said, nobody answer it. Let's just go back to enjoying Father's Day. So they all started hanging out, and uh, they thought it was more important to celebrate Father's Day than let them ruin the day. But what did end up getting ruined instead of Father's Day was Randy's relationship with the family. Like, after they left, the rest of the family had a great time. It wasn't like they were talking about the incident, and if they did, they were making fun of it. But the reason the relationship with Randy and the rest of his family was damaged is because he just straight up refused to apologize. Because, and I quote, according to the person who sent this to me, he just thought that he didn't do anything wrong, and they were not being understanding and hating his dreams. Dude, if you don't think you did anything wrong in this scenario, then I don't know what to tell you. Life is not a Disney movie where you're always going to be in the right. Everybody makes mistakes, and if you were like, look, I got mad out of control, I don't know what came over me, I'm sure your family would forgive you, but you're gonna say that they're hating on your dream, and your dream is just to be able to play Minecraft at the family reunion? It's not like you said, my dream is to be a, a Minecraft YouTuber, and they were like, you'll never be able to do that, you're not entertaining. According to you, your dream is to be able to bring a TV and an Xbox over to Grandma and Grandpa's and play Xbox the entirety of Father's Day, because you just don't want to deal with them and you wish Minecraft Steve was your dad. I think you owe them an apology, but apparently you don't. Alright, whatever floats your boat, man. My grandpa is such a hater, I haven't talked to him in 17 years because he told me it was ridiculous that all I wanted to do was play Animal Crossing and not have a job until I die. Can you believe that he said that? Like what, it's not normal to just do nothing but play video games all the time? 
I can't even imagine what would have happened to me if I tried this. I don't know about your guys' parents, but my mom definitely would not have been cool with me bringing a console over to my grandparents' house when the family was supposed to be getting together. And she definitely would not have been cool with me hurling insults at the grandparents when they said, hey, please stop that. My Xbox would have been thrown out the window so fast and it would have been spinning because my mom would have like given it a little toss like a Frisbee. Probably would have just taken off like a helicopter and I would have never seen it again. That's what would have happened if I tried this crap. But uh, apparently Randy's parents just want him to live at home forever. I feel like if you let your kid get away with doing nothing but playing Minecraft, you can't be surprised when he's 37 and still in the basement. All right, so like I said, a subscriber actually sent this in to me. They're graduated now, but uh, the story happened when they were a C and it happened right when gambling was like first starting to become legalized in more states and super popular. Him and all of his friends were big sports fans, and if you've been watching sports within the last few years, you know what I'm talking about, because, like, basically every other commercial is something about this sports book to do this and triple your money with this. Anyways, they were all kind of watching this, and uh, their group chat would kind of text back and forth about games and whatnot, and one of their friends had been watching this and decided that they could probably get people to gamble at school. And, you know, if people were going to be gambling at school, then somebody might as well step in, be the middleman, and take a cut of the money that people were going to be gambling at school, you know. And if somebody was going to have to be doing that, then it might as well be him and his group of friends, because if someone had to do it, they might as well get paid, right? So he basically sends a text to his group chat in the middle of these games, saying that, like, alright, here's my plan, I want to be kind of a middleman for gambling at school, but I'm not going to be able to do it at loan does anyone want to hear more and the group chat kind of replies to that text the way you'd think like what are you talking about bro are you joking around like are you even serious right now you know there's no way that you're going to be able to come up with a way to actually do this and he's like all right listen i understand that it sounds stupid but yes i'm going to be able to do this hear me out the way that we're going to do this and avoid all the like bad parts of a casino you know having to break people's kneecaps people owing you money all that stuff I'm not saying that we run a casino, I'm saying that we facilitate betting, okay? Basically, instead of letting anyone borrow money to make giant bets, we only let them place money with, or place bets with cash that they have, and we just take a cut to make sure the bet is, like, insured. Basically, him and his friends were going to be bookies, right? But they weren't going to be out any of their own money, so there was no reason to be, like, running out smashing people's kneecaps. Basically, they would, like, get the idea of a bet from one guy, go find somebody that would take the other side, they'd be the middleman for a cut, and then that way they're not out anything. And the service, obviously, you know, they had to get paid for matching up the bet, making sure everything was legit, was going to be 10% of the money bet. And the people in the group chat are kind of like, all right, you know, this doesn't sound like the worst idea I've ever heard, ever. And he goes, listen, the one thing that you guys got to know, it's fully against school rules, and if we get caught, we're 100% going to get suspended. I don't know how long, you know, I don't, I don't really know that much, but like I can say that if you guys say you were going to do this, if we get caught, we're going to get in trouble. He's like, I'm still going to do it. I don't care personally, but just so y'all know. And that's important because, you know, he was upfront about the fact that they could get in trouble. It's not like he convinced them to do nine felonies before telling them that it was a felony. Like, they're like, oh, I didn't know what armed robbery was. You just made me rob a bank, dang it. Regardless, the group chat's kind of sitting there thinking about it. Obviously, it sounds nice, but the fact you can get in trouble means that it's, like, not enticing to everybody. So the group chat's kind of mulling over it. 
And finally, two people in the group chat are like, look, you know, I'm not trying to be a coward or anything, but if you guys can make another group chat to do all that, I'd appreciate it because I don't want to be involved. Somebody is like, same. And so at that point, you know, the mastermind of this whole operation goes and makes another group chat where everybody's all right with it, you know, so that way the other people don't get in trouble for it. And everybody in there is like, all right, I'm down. Go ahead and break down your plan to us. Obviously, you've been thinking about this for a bit before you decided to ask if everyone's okay with it. And all he says is like, listen, trust me, I've already got some ideas. I'm going to message some people who might want to place some bets, and I will text this group chat and let you guys know when we need to do anything, okay? And everyone's like, all right. And so obviously at this point, it's like most of the group chat kind of is there down to help with whatever, but it's the mastermind kid who's kind of in charge of the whole thing. He's going around trying to tell people about it, get people to bet. Everyone else in the group chat's just kind of got to stand there, right? But regardless, he's doing his thing, and by the time Monday morning rolls around, he'd somehow managed to get all these bets lined up, and he sends each person that was in that group chat a text about, like, their instructions on what to do, and how they're going to go about being the person in the middleman of the bet, and, you know, what they need to expect, and who they need to meet, and everybody gets, like, a super detailed instruction on Monday, not to the group chat individually, and basically, you know, this mastermind had lined it up, so, like, I'm gonna use the subscriber that sent this in as an example, he had to go to the library at 10 15 a.m go to a certain aisle in the library and then two people walked up handing him money he was like all right here's the bet you know he walked out took the 10 percent out and then the next day whoever won the bet would come back to the library and get their money the loser wouldn't come back because obviously you know it wasn't his money anymore so they had designed like this whole dead drop system where you would just meet in some random spot of the school in random parts of the day and so obviously this group chat's just kind of full of people like I'm here I'm here I'm this I'm that and they're just kind of wandering around the school taking bets from everybody taking their fee paying out the winner and overall it was going pretty well because it wasn't like anyone's borrowing money the losers kind of understood when they lost it just was what it was they didn't know like the exact meeting place sometimes they would use the exact same spot but if they thought someone would be a sore loser they would like text the winner and tell them to meet them somewhere else but the only problem is obviously there's a reason gambling needs to be regulated you know it's not the type of industry you really want kids jumping into the startup market on because people at the school really liked gambling gambling addictions are a real thing like this is not something you should joke around and just jump into because uh, pretty soon most of the school was wanting to place bets in one way or another and so obviously like what had started as this really small niche operation with only a couple people that were really familiar with the rules and knew what was going on it started to get out of control very quickly and what used to be like three or four bets a day was quickly turning into like 20 25 and the entire group couldn't get out of class enough there was just no way that they could like help the amount of people that were wanting to place bets and so obviously they had a little bit of a meeting and they're like well what can we do we don't want to shut this down because we're making good money 10% of all the bets in the school at 25 bets a day was good money but you know they also were like I can't get out of class every 30 seconds to take a bet so they decide at that point to put a minimum in place like if the overall bet wasn't at least $25 a person then they just weren't gonna bother which sounds nuts but if you have 25 bets a day and you have to get out of class and go do it like you kind of got to realize that you know if they're taking 10% that's only $5 on a $50 bet so it's not like they're really charging an insane amount that's just probably what's worth it to leave class once an hour 
The only problem is when they did that, there was still a lot of people that wanted to place bets for like not a whole lot of money. And another group of kids decided to come in and kind of like take their spot of all the people that wanted to bet that didn't bet all of this money. And you know, while this original group had made sure to like not let people borrow money, because obviously that was going to go bad very quickly, this new group hadn't really thought about it too far. So of course they start letting people make bets on margin, borrow money from the casino to gamble, which is never ever a good idea ever. And the original group had avoided this because they knew it gets out of control really quickly. Like, there's just nothing good that comes out of owing a bunch of people a bunch of money, especially when you owe them a bunch of money for something that's against the rules. And obviously, to just avoid this, they were like, look, if you put your money on the line, that's your problem. We're gonna take a fee, but like, you're not gonna borrow money from me because then I have to get my money from you. And the amount of money that they had been making just taking this 10% was good enough where they didn't even really need to let people borrow money. Like, their 10% had been making the group total overall one to two thousand dollars a week before you know they decided to do what they did but at this meeting after the minimum and they had another meeting kind of realizing that this group was starting to let people borrow money and they decided at that point to just shut down the entire operation because they realized that this was going to get out of control quickly. Now that people were borrowing money and everyone was gambling, it was a matter of time until a teacher caught them or something bad happened. So they decided to shut down their operation. They had made a decent amount of money for a couple months, but they were like, man, nah, it's not worth getting in trouble. Like, it's just a matter of time of getting caught at this point. So they tell everybody that had been using them that, like, they can go use this other group if they want to keep gambling, but they're done. So this other group gets a huge, huge rush of a bunch of other people, so they're not complaining, they're not mad about it. But now, even more people are gambling, and it's like this group of people letting people borrow money and just overall not run it the way it should be run. Not that anyone should run a school casino. Don't do any of this. This is all a bad idea. But regardless, they're letting people borrow money, and it's not unusual for a kid to owe this group, like, five, six hundred dollars and obviously when someone's like that they don't really want to pay it back there's a reason they borrowed it in the first place so this group is now having the situation where tons of kids owe them like sometimes a thousand dollars that they had been using to gamble so they decide the best way to go about getting their money is to like pay someone to beat them up you know classic mafia tactic they thought it was genius it's really really stupid though a because you just shouldn't go around beating people up the best way to avoid this situation is to not you know lend money to gamblers it just seems like a horrible business model. As far as anyone you would wanna want to loan money to, it's not a guy who's like, I plan to build a house for 200 and sell it for 250. No, you're just gonna give it to the guy whose plan is like, ah, I'm putting it on green. The only problem on top of all of that, A, it's just wrong to hurt people, and B, it's stupid, is uh, it doesn't matter how tough you think your school mafia is, the second you start beating people up in the lunchroom, the teachers are going to do something. Like, there's no way they can just let that happen. Oh yeah, another kid just got his ankle broken in the halls. I don't know what to tell you you shouldn't owe money to people like the teachers are not going to let that slide so they decide that's the best way to go about it obviously wrong for many 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 reasons but they decide whatever this guy owes us money it's right you know pretending to be all mafia guys anyways obviously once one kid gets beat up for owing this like gambling group money they take him to the office to try to figure out why the uh, fight happened and he instantly snitches obviously you know he's like I borrowed money from them to bet on this game I didn't have the money. They kept asking for it. I didn't have it. So they told me if I didn't pay him back, I was going to get beat up. Well, and uh, next thing I know, I'm in a trash can getting punched in the face repeatedly. So I'm going to assume that's probably what happened is this group of people, names all the names, paid these kids to beat me up. And they're like, oh, dude, he snitched on us. What the heck? But I, I don't really know what you expected the 
kid to do, bro. Like, you know, you you got him beat up. I, I mean, obviously, this is his situation. He has two options. Either pay you back, get beat up again, and keep his mouth shut, or tell the adults, and uh, they will shut all of it down, and he won't have to pay anyone back, and you won't be able to beat him up again. Like, sure, I guess on a technicality, he's still a snitch. There's a technicality that fair. Sure, it's against the, the don't tell code. But, you know, you guys literally beat him up. It's not like you, there was a chat and everyone's like, oh, let bygones be bygones, you know, kumbaya. No, you paid someone to punch him in the face. He kind of has a reason to be really mad at you at this point. You know, sure, should he have borrowed money that he didn't have? Absolutely. I'm not trying to say that he didn't, like, wasn't an idiot, but obviously in this situation, he's gonna look at the teacher and be like, this is the group of people paying people to beat me up. And at that point, the school decides they're going to shut down this little casino operation they've got going on, and they launch a little mini FBI task force into this. Obviously, it's not like anyone involved in this is is really incredible at covering their tracks, so they don't have to do a whole lot of FBIing to figure out basically all the information. The kids are dumb enough to be paying someone to go beat people up, dude. They're clearly not the best at, like, hiding information. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, the teachers start looking into it, and before the end of the day, they basically had everyone who was involved in the new group of people that were, you know, paying people to beat people up. They had the old group of people that hadn't done that. They had everyone who had placed a bet, and at some point, everybody had gotten called into the office to kind of just ask about what they knew. And a lot of the people that had placed bets with the original group just mentioned the new group. They didn't really bring up the old group because they weren't involved. They didn't beat up anybody, so there was just no reason to talk about it. And obviously, you know, there's not a whole lot of detective work involved, but very quickly they realize that this new group is probably the group that's the problem. The only reason they even knew about the original group is because one kid had mentioned that there had been other people he had placed bets with and mentioned them. So, whatever, they end up calling the new group of kids into the office, you know, the ones that had to decide to go all mafia mode, and within seconds, they just break and tell on each other. They're like, no, it was his idea, it was his idea, here's where we put the money, here's what we did this, here's who we paid to beat him up, here's when we did it, da 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 da, -da. here's the text messages. Because obviously they hadn't really been thinking this through, but the original group that had not been letting people borrow money had been paying people to fight people, you know, wasn't going out of their way to be obnoxious and get caught. They had obviously talked about what would happen if the teachers got on, and so they had prepared to, like, tell this story that made sense, you know. It admitted that they had done a little bit of gambling, but not that they had been running, like, this middleman thing. They get called in separately, and each one of them tell the story about how, you know, there was this group of friends that had known each other outside of school for a while, so obviously they thought it would have been fine to place bets in school was when they saw it other so they had gambled a little bit with money at school that being said they hadn't taken bets for anybody else and as soon as the other group had started taking bets for other people they had stopped which was kind of true you know what I mean so they're like I'm so sorry I'll admit that we will never do it again and so because they had been called in separately and told the same story on different occasions the principal's reaction was like we're disappointed in you but you know at least you didn't run a gambling ring so the fact that you were honest with us will we'll take into consideration. And obviously, the principal's not happy that he had two groups of kids gambling, right? But you gotta consider this. If one group 
on the surface is just like this harmless group of friends that had decided to place some bets before they just went back home and they had never taken bets for anyone. In the other group, you know for sure had been going around and like, you know, taking people into debt, getting people beat up, extorting people for money. You would probably just not really look much more else into the group of friends because you have this other group that's probably way easier to look into. And that's kind of what happened, you know? They basically just were like, okay, thank you for admitting that you guys gambled before. We're disappointed, but we have to figure out a lot of what's going on over here with this other group of people that's running around acting like they own the place. So one by one, they get released back to class and they're not texting the group chat or anything. They're all just kind of like nervous that someone's going to slip up or tattle or something. All right, guys, I'm going to interrupt the story for one second. I'm actually posting the story times I've been making lately on this Spotify show that I will put at the top of the description the day after they come out or the same day later that night. Just because I know a lot of people have been listening to the story times on Spotify and asked me to keep them updated more frequently. So if you want to listen offline without gameplay, like I said, a link to the Spotify show will be in the top of the description but uh yeah on that note let's get back to the original story thanks anyways obviously all the teachers attentions getting put into the other group of kids that wanted to pretend it's like the 1920s in chicago and they're mobsters you know the only problem is the superintendent is still in charge of you guys all right al capone real gangster you guys beating up melvin not so much and even then al capone still did go to alcatraz sure it was for tax evasion which you know in the grand scheme of things is not much compared to what else he did but what it does go to show you is if there's any government agency you should fear ladies and gentlemen it's the irs at that point the administration though is like whatever we're going to expel the group of kids that had been running this violent casino thing which i'm not going to lie is probably the best decision you really can't be letting kids that like think that they run the school just roam around making casinos on top of that, if you didn't expel them, chances are they're just going to go back to doing it. Like, if they were making an absolute crap ton of money doing this, and then you're like, hey, just don't do that, guys, don't. Like, they're going to keep doing it. But obviously, because they're expelling one group for gambling, they had to, you know, give the original group a punishment as well. So the original group gets called back in as a group, and they think that they're caught. They think it's over with. This principal's got to know everything about how they ran a gambling ring, too. It's just GG. Oh, my goodness. Prepare. We're screwed. But the principal is like, okay, you guys are getting suspended for two days and, you know, starts to go into this huge speech that is a speech slash apology thing. I don't really want to suspend you guys. You know, I've made plenty of friendly bets with my friends at the golf course or whatever, but it's something that I have to do since I'm expelling the other group. So obviously we try to make it as short as possible. Thank you for not running a gambling ring. You've been so respectful and well-behaved. And he's just kind of going on about how like he's so thankful that they weren't the other group of people that had been running a gambling ring and obviously you know they hadn't been paying people to like beat people up they hadn't been doing it the same way but it's uh, a little funny that he's thanking them for not doing it when they literally were the group running the gambling gang originally like they inspired the other guys so they're feeling a little bit guilty but they're just kind of keeping their mouth shut because he's just going to let them off the hook with a two-day suspension and so you know they're letting him go on and on 
on. And finally, he's like, so that's the way it's going to be. I understand you're quiet. You know, you're probably uh, a little bit in shock right now. But I'm going to call your parents to let them know that that you guys are suspended. And they just all kind of look at each other and decide to keep their mouths shut. So they call their parents, let them know that their kids are being suspended. And anytime your parent gets that phone call, they're not going to be stoked. Obviously, it's never a situation you want to be like leaving work to go get your kid for getting in trouble. And uh, when they all get picked up, some get in more trouble than others. A couple kids get their phones taken away. The game consoles for a bit but overall everybody gets in like not as much trouble as they probably would have been for getting expelled for running a gambling ring and all in all even the people that did get in a little bit more trouble were thinking that they're lucky because they hadn't been expelled over this like that other group had been you know they're like dang dude they weren't playing around a group of people were running a gambling thing and they were expelled we're running a group of gambling things we got a thank you letter from the principal you know and he basically said thank you for not running a gambling ring oopsies no Nobody say anything. Obviously, as soon as everybody got their phone back, the group chat was kind of talking about it, you know, and they were feeling pretty good because they had gotten away with it up to that point, had gotten to keep the money, you know, only gotten suspended for two days. But the ringleader chimed into the group chat and reminded everybody of something that, you know, they probably needed to hear because at that point they're like, dude, there's no way they're going to catch us, LMAO. This was so easy. Like, look at how dumb they are. He said, look, they're not dumb. We got insanely lucky that another group at our school was doing the same thing way dumber than us like the school's not dumb we got lucky so just shut up don't go around the school bragging about how you made all this money running a gambling ring and we didn't get caught because they're gonna hear you and we got really lucky like we probably should have gotten in more trouble you know so whatever just shut up and if any of you can't keep your mouth shut I'm gonna say I don't know you I'm letting you know that right now if any of you guys are morons then that's on you and obviously the group chat you know the the enthusiasm was sucked out out of the room a little bit but that was reality because they were like pretty close to graduating and so if somebody had gone and started bragging about how they had done all this and they got expelled dude like it throws off graduation it throws off going to college and all you have to do is keep your mouth shut for two months and then you're just never a student of that school again and they can't do anything so obviously you know you know they they would have like talk about it amongst each other but they ended up keeping their mouth shut until they graduated and uh as soon as they graduated it felt like a huge weight was lifted off their shoulders you know obviously because like they don't go to that school anymore there's not really much they could do and at this point it's been a couple years since they graduated so they're like we really just uh you know every day it just becomes more of a funny story seriously though i am going to make this very clear you know don't go start a casino in your school it's a really bad idea they got insanely lucky they didn't get in more trouble half the people involved literally got expelled so like don't go around thinking this is a brilliant idea all right so like i said some Somebody ended up sending this in to me, probably because I posted a video about a Karen fight at the skate park not long ago. That being said, this story blows that out of the water. You know, I didn't end up being in a situation where somebody was getting smacked over the head with a cane. That is some pure, you know, Alfred from Batman level stuff. When someone tries to break into the Batcave, he's like, do not you dare. Regardless, this is uh, basically the ultimate showdown, so let's go. It was a standard Sunday afternoon when uh, these dudes pulled up to the skate park. You know, there was only one skate park in their town. It wasn't particularly large. 
In fact, the population was so small that there was only one skate park, and it wasn't necessarily uh, the best skate park to ever exist. It was basically the bare minimum amount of things that you could put together and call a skate park. But whatever, it was what they had, and they were grateful to have a place to skate, so they were just kind of there uh, messing around. It was two small wooden ramps, a rail that had some rust on it, and was like missing a piece off one of the ends, you know? And I don't mean like an end cap, I mean it was like some Somebody had like cut a little box off the end of the rail. On top of that, there was a gap that it looked like somebody had uh, gotten some concrete to kind of chip up and then chipped away at it themselves to make a gap. So it wasn't the nicest skate park to ever exist, but like I said, skate park nonetheless, which is the place where you're supposed to be skating, you know? If there's any place where you expect nobody to pull up and get mad at you for being on a skateboard, it's the skate park. It's literally kind of in the name. And anyways, they were there and they were making their usual jokes about how this skate park is basically basically like a safety hazard, you know, and they're not even sure if anyone would grind the rail if it would like collapse on itself. And one of their friends said, I'll grind the rail. And they said he couldn't do it. He went, he did it. And like, obviously missed, like just got off before the part where there was the missing spot. And you know, everybody laughs a little bit because it was rusty. It didn't look like it was going to slide. And uh, they're a little bit impressed. And as they're all kind of congratulating him, like, yo, dude, you beat the rusty rail. They hear honking from the parking lot, you know, which is not what they expected. And at first they think that someone's honking to be like, oh, cool trick. But then they realize that they're just blaring on the horn trying to get attention. So they turn and look and they see this old lady, maybe like 55, 60 years old in this 90s minivan in the parking lot. That's about 15 feet away. And the car had been there the entire time. It hadn't just pulled up, but obviously it wasn't like they were overly concerned with looking into every car in the parking lot and seeing if anyone was there. But I guess she had been watching the entire time and for some reason was just blaring on the horn after their friend had grinded this rail. So after they look at her and are kind of like, what are you doing? You know, they can't talk to each other, but like kind of putting their arms up like, can we help you? She steps out of the car and is just immediately enraged. I knew I smelled trouble when you guys pulled up to this park. Now you're trying to break things. Whenever I see kids on skateboards, I just assume they're up to no good. I know that might be wrong, but I'm usually right. And this time I was. Look at you guys trying to destroy city property. And everybody's really confused because, you know, this might be a reaction you might get maybe. It's still super extreme if you're like skating in front of somebody's business. But everybody's super confused because all they were doing was skating in the skate park and their friend had grinded a rail in the skate park. And on top of that, it's not like he's destroying the rail. Somebody cut a chunk out of it. It's rusted. What is him grinding on it going to do at this point that like nature and somebody else hadn't already done? Like I said, I can understand maybe why a business owner would get angry if you're jumping down the stairs in front of their business, scaring away customers or whatever. Like, if you get hurt on his property, he'd be liable. It makes sense for somebody to come out and be like, you guys gotta go now. That would make a little bit more sense. But if you're just sitting at the skate park waiting for skateboarders to pull up so you can yell at them for using the skate park, I feel like you might be in the wrong in this situation because you're kind of going out of your way to put yourself in this situation, you know? Ugh. 
Ugh, I just absolutely hate cars. Nothing about cars makes me happy. Proceeds to spend eight hours standing at like a freeway off-ramp, you know, and then you're just really upset that you saw so many cars. Anyways, I guess, you know, my point is they weren't really destroying anything. If anything, this is the spot they're literally supposed to be grinding on rails. The reason they build the skate park is so you're not going around grinding on rails in front of businesses. Anyways, they think that they can defuse the situation by using some calm logic, and if you've ever dealt with some crazy Karen before, that's just not the case. So they try to explain that, like, no, no, this is a skate park, it's a place that the city has designated that we're supposed to be able to skate, the rail is here so we can grind on it, that's what you do with your skateboard. It's not gonna break it, you know, we didn't cut the hole in it, it's not like we're destroying anything. Which I can't deny is a pretty good explanation. But the only problem is it just goes in one ear and out the other because she just starts screaming, I just watched him grind on the rail. Do you think I got this old being dumb? And everybody kind of doesn't really know what to say to that because it's like, well, you kind of are looking dumb because we're not denying that he grinded the rail, all right? I'm not sitting here like trying to wave a wand in front of your head and tell you you didn't see him do it. We're just trying to explain that it's okay that he did it to the rail, right? But whatever, everybody's kind of standing there in silence not really knowing what to say. And one of his friends, the smart aleck of the group, decides to pop up at this point and says, I'm not really sure what any of that has to do with getting old, but I do know that you look old enough to have bad eyes, and if you think we're breaking anything, then it's obvious that your eyes have gone. Which, listen, man, kind of mean, kind of snarky, also kind of funny. I mean, if some lady's honking at you, giving you a bunch of crap for doing nothing wrong, like, and you tell her, okay, listen, maybe your eyes are gone, because whatever you're saying you saw clearly didn't happen. We're not breaking anything. But whatever, that makes her angry enough to start walking towards him, right? And they realize at that point that she has a cane. And I, like, you know, I'm not gonna say that she was faking anything to just carry the cane with her, but it's not like she's leaning on the cane, if you know what I mean. Like, if you've ever seen somebody use a cane to get around, my uncle had a cane for a while, like, they put some weight on it, you know? It's not like they're super fast to move around, they're using a cane. This lady was basically moving at, like, a perfectly normal speed with the cane, putting absolutely no weight on it. So listen, I'm not gonna sit here and say she had no reason to have a giant wooden cane, alright? It just didn't necessarily seem like she was moving with a, like a person that needed a cane. I feel like people that are just able to run an Olympic marathon don't go about their day with a cane unless they're looking to smack somebody at the skate park with it. But whatever, she's just kind of like approaching him at a pretty fast speed walking at him with the cane. She's not even putting weight on it or putting it on the ground at all. She literally just has it kind of an inch off the ground carrying it towards him. And she's pissed off about his comment about how, you know, she has bad eyes or whatever. I don't know if like she's just really, really against being made fun of for being old and, and not being able to see but you know the entire time she's walking over to him she's like what did you just say to me what did you just say to me and he keeps trying to answer it and be like I'm saying if you think that what we were doing was destroying property then your eyes have to be shot like that's the only way that somebody would look at that and assume that we were destroying stuff and on top of that I think your ears might be shot too because we keep trying to explain that we're not breaking anything and you won't listen to us so please just listen to our explanation we didn't do anything wrong. 
Once again, funny for sure, but I will say, not really sure if it's worth it. You know, you have a stranger, clearly not very aware of the situation, coming at you with a large wooden stick, and it's pretty obvious that the reason they have the large wooden stick is not because they, you know, need it to be mobile, but because they just kinda wanna hit somebody with it. It's probably best to shut up. I understand that this lady's out of place, you know, you're supposed to be skating at the skate park, but clearly this lady doesn't understand the concept of a skate park, right? So your argument to her makes no sense. And she's also weird enough to hate skaters, but stay parked at the skate park waiting for them to pop up, like, you know, she's a cipher tripwire just waiting to go off. So sure, you are right, you know, her ears are bad, her eyes are bad, she's, she's not listening, correct. But she's also nuts, and usually if someone's nuts and approaching you with a large wooden object, you just keep your mouth shut. Anyways, by the time he finishes the sentence about how her ears must be gone too because she's not listening, he's probably about two feet away with her. And at that point, she lifts up the cane, pulls it straight up over her head, like you know in Smash Bros when you get the hammer, like do 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 She gets it into that formation and just brings the cane down on top of this kid's head, like top of the noggin, you know. And everybody is just absolutely stunned because you don't expect to be at the skate park and have somebody smacking your friend with a cane for skateboarding. And he just drops to the ground. And at that point, nobody's quite sure if, like, it's just he's he's in shock. He just drops so that way she doesn't hit him again if he's actually knocked out. But he's dropped on the ground. And everybody's just kind of standing around looking at the lady because she's just, like, got this cane in her hand that she smacked him with. And she's not really moving or doing anything. And they're like, did she mean to do that? You know, they're not really sure what her reaction is going to be. But at that point, she turns around and demands that they answer her question. And her question was, I know he's not the one that grinded the rail. Which one of you grinded the rail? Which, you know, I'm saying is pretty ballsy of a question if you are, like, coming out with a K to smack the people destroying property, but you're not sure which one of them did it. I just know one of you grinded the rail. I'll smack all you on the noggin if I have to. You know, maybe her eyes were not the best. And at that point, everybody is not really down to answer questions anymore. They're like, you just hit our friend. What's wrong with you? You smacked him in the head with a cane. We're at the skate park. That's why we're skateboarding. You need to get out of here. Like, we're going to call the cops. You know, get out of here. We're going to call the cops. And this lady, it was literally like she stepped off of a boat from 1982 because she's like, well, you can't call the cops. There's no way that you have a phone on you. There's no payphone around. I don't know if she knew that cell phones were existent, you know, as if you don't have the ability to just call someone in their pocket. But they keep being like, we're not answering any of your questions. We're not telling you who grinded the rail. You hit our friend with a cane. We're not telling you anything. Like, you need to get out of here. We're calling the police. And her response to that is, you know, after she realizes that they keep saying they're going to call the cops is, well, I'm not going to leave until I find out who was trying to destroy that rail over there. Because do you want to know why I'm so upset? And they're like, yeah, why are you so upset? We're still mad at you. Like, we're still going to call the cops. But why are you upset? And she goes, my tax dollars pay for that rail. Did you know that? Every time I pay taxes, a little percentage of that goes to the rail. Which, you know, technically, technically she has a point, right? The only problem is, A, they didn't break it, and B, it's not like you single-handedly paid for that rail. Everybody in that city put all their money into one big pot, and then like .0001% went to the rail. 
So if anything, these kids' parents also paid for the rail. You know what I mean? And also, that's why we put it there. So people will grind on it. So that kids grind on the rail here and not in front of the Walmart. That's why it exists. Anyways, she starts walking to the group, and at that point, one of them gets on the phone and calls the police, you know, and she, and they're like, oh, this lady is hitting our friend with a cane, and she almost can't compute that the person managed to find a, a magic phone device from their pocket and call someone. She doesn't say that, but she's just kind of shocked, and she instantly is, like, a little less confident about coming at them with the cane and just smacking all of them. And once she kind of realizes that they're actually on the phone with the cops explaining what happened, she decides that it's, uh, her chance to skedaddle. So she runs back to her minivan as fast as a angry 55-year-old lady can, which is pretty quickly. Once again, I'm not saying the cane was a weapon. I'm just saying she literally sprinted back to the minivan. Literally sprinted. Anyway, she gets back in the minivan and gets out of there, and obviously they're not necessarily too keen on, like, chasing after her, but they do try to get a license plate. And they're shocked to see that there's no license plate on the back of this lady's minivan. So she peels out of there. There's not really much they can do, so they go to check on their friend. And at that point, he's sitting up a bit, and he's like, dude, what happened? I remember some lady yelling at me, and she was coming at me, and then I just remember waking up. And they're like, dude, she came at you, hit you on the head basically just give him a recap of everything that went down and obviously he's a little bit stunned he can't really believe it but they're like yeah man don't worry the cops are coming they're gonna take statements like don't worry they'll figure it out and whether or not he got smacked on the head with a cane his reaction to them saying that they called the cops was not what they were expecting because his eyes get all wide immediately and he just is kind of like you guys did what And they're like, yeah, well, we called the cops. We figured you'd want to make a statement. We didn't get a license plate number, but she smacked you with the cane and knocked you out. And he's like, we have to get out of here now, dude. Like, we got to go. I have something in my backpack that would not be too fantastic for them to find. All right, I understand the lady hit me in the head. She's in the wrong. That's fair enough. I wasn't planning on using anything in my backpack. Obviously, we were going home after this. So, uh, yeah, we got to go because I don't know. I got hit in the head. I'm not feeling too confident about my ability to keep cool. And, uh, obviously, I'm trying to stay monetized here, so I'm not gonna go too into depth about it, but we'll just put it this way, alright? Uh, in the unfortunate situation where somebody would have pulled up and searched their backpacks, which, you know, I understand technically they need a warrant for and all that stuff, but let's say that someone might have gotten a head injury and says yes to, like, can you look in your backpack? Yes! Okay, you're kind of screwed at that point, right? It would not have been the best situation, because there was a massive Ziploc bag full of some stuff in this guy's backpack, and none of the these kids can drive, right? So they decide that they've got to get out of there at that point. So they just got to get out of there. So they start looking and they realize that there's these woods next to the park that if they run over the ridge and get to the other side, they'll be on the side of the road and then they can skate down the main road and get back to where they need to be. And they're trying to get out of there before anyone shows up, right? So they start running into these woods. And as they're running into the woods, somebody's like, I think there's a car coming. And so they turn and they look. And sure enough, here comes a car coming in to pull up and check on the situation. And at that point, they all just drop. They're in the woods and they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. 
And listen, it wasn't a situation where none of them were, like, old enough to drive. Some of them were, like, old enough to drive. They just didn't have a car in that situation, right? So they're all freaking out. They're like, dude, we're gonna get in so much trouble. We're so screwed, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, they're hiding in the woods. And they get out of the car, and they start looking around for a little bit. After a couple minutes, though, they uh, probably, they, like, give up. I don't know if they were looking too hard, but they ended up leaving. I don't know why they left. I don't know if they called it in and were like, must have been a prank call or whatever, but they're basically just hiding in the woods on the verge of crapping themselves the entire time they're looking around. And after they leave, they pop up and like all that adrenaline kicks in and they just decide to run over this hill to get back onto the main road. You know, they figure that's probably the best way to make this happen and uh, get out of there as fast as humanly possible. So they run over the hill, get back onto the main road that they needed to be on, and uh, their original plan was to skate back home, right? But their friend who had gotten hit in the head with the cane tries, and he goes, guys, listen, I'm gonna be honest, I don't necessarily feel too great about my balancing ability right now, so we gotta walk. And so they, like, put their skateboards, you know, on the side of their body trying to make it so that way it wouldn't be obvious from the road they were carrying skateboards because they were just paranoid. And they start walking back. And the entire time that they're walking back, they're kind of thinking out loud to each other about, like, why in the world that lady would have done that. And the one thing that they keep thinking is weird is that the lady didn't have a license plate on. And, you know, obviously they're a little paranoid at that point, but they kept being like, dude, what if she was planning on it? Which, listen, I'm not gonna say is likely, but at the same time, you can't rule it out, man. Like, she pulls up to the skate park waiting for skaters, and then, you know, runs out, hits one with a cane, and then peels out of there with no license plate. I don't know why she would do that, but, you know, I I, I don't know why she would do it any other way either. Maybe she's just bored. She's sitting there like, now that I'm retired, you know, I'm gonna go smack some kids with a cane. That's always been on my bucket list. I don't know why anyone would smack anyone with their cane, but, like, why somebody would be waiting at the skate park for people for on skateboards to, like, go smack them with a cane is also nuts. It makes no sense. Anyways, someone's grandma is really out here whiling about smacking people with her cane, giving people CTE like the NFL. So, uh, if, if this sounds like your grandma, if she really hates skateboarding for whatever reason... Make sure her cane doesn't have, like, a clump of hair on it or something, you know? Make sure that she's accounted for on uh, a Sunday afternoon and make sure she's not going about doing Batman justice with the cane. See, Batman's a superhero, and then you kind of think about the realities about someone in a costume running around beating people up, and you're like, ooh, I don't know about that. Anyways, uh, I guess moral of the story, wear a helmet, you know? You never know when some crazy old lady is gonna run about and smack you with a cane, I guess. Other than that, the other moral of the story, maybe don't talk back to people that might be approaching you with a large wooden object and seem a little crazy. It's probably just not worth it, you know? Obviously, she was sitting there looking for a fight at the skate park, but, like, I I don't know, man. It wasn't worth uh, getting smacked on the head with a cane to make a couple wise jokes, I bet. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am, and today's story time is uh, a little bit different than something I've told before. It's about an emo kid that uh, ended up getting a massive W. Seriously, I just thought this was a cool story, so I figured I'd make a video about it. So, uh, yeah, let's go. 
Alright, so like I said, today we've got a story time about an emo kid, but you know, instead of being the cringe, they're on the reversal of that in this one, a little good old switcheroo. In fact, this time, I would say emo kid luck was on like 600, you know, they ended up making $55,000 off just being in the right place at the right time. Regardless, the person who sent this in to me was a self-proclaimed emo kid. I was one too, no disrespect there, it is what it is, everybody makes mistakes, everybody has those days. But uh, I guess he had just moved into a new neighborhood with his mom, and his mom had talked to the neighbor a couple times and said that he was a nice guy, and mentioned that, you know, if her son ever saw him struggling with anything to help him, because he was a really old man. And whatever, he just kind of had that in the back of his mind, and because he was an emo kid and a little bit quieter, he was having a hard time, like, in the neighborhood making a bunch of friends, people just kind of thought he was weird. So, most of the time, he would end up walking home alone, and because of that, he was just a little bit more observant, you know, maybe if he had been, like, going somewhere after school or whatever, been talking to somebody, he wouldn't have noticed this. But one day, he's walking home alone, and he gets near his house, and he looks, and he sees his neighbor, who's, you know, close to 80 years old, and he's looking, and he sees him just carrying all these heavy boxes out of his house into his garage. And so, you know, his mom had talked to him before, mentioned that he was a nice guy, so he decides to, like, go offer to help. Which, if you see an old person really struggling with something heavy, I don't know, like, I, 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 it's probably the right thing to do to help a little bit. And the neighbor's kind of surprised, he's like, well, are you sure? There's a lot of boxes, and he's like, yeah, whatever, I've got time, it's not like I have anything to do. And like I said, he was about 80 years old, so he ends up spending, like, the next hour or so just helping him carry boxes out of this room, off his garage, into the garage, and kind of putting them there. And, uh, afterwards, he's like, alright, thank you, I just moved all these boxes out here, but I need to organize them a little bit, I don't know which boxes are full of what, they were just stored in this spare room I have, so if you want something to do tomorrow, if you come back and help me organize these boxes, I'll pay you, I would really appreciate it. And so the kid's like, you know what, eh, alright, fine, it wasn't like he needed the money or anything, he wasn't looking for a job, but, you know, he didn't really have much else going on after school, and why not help your neighbor make a little bit of money at the same time if you got nothing else to do so he's like all right fine uh sure so whatever he just goes back home after that and there were a couple kids that were like in the neighborhood that were outside when he was walking back to his house you know and they were kind of whispering to each other when they saw him but he didn't really think anything of it because he didn't think it was that weird of a situation you know he didn't think that like helping your old neighbor carry heavy stuff was a controversial thing to do i don't really know how you could think that's a bad thing like oh did you see that dude helping that old man? Psh, what a loser. Anyways, the next day at school, a couple of the kids from the neighborhood come up to him and they're like, dude, what were you doing helping that old man yesterday? Like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why were you doing that? Which to me seems like a pretty obvious answer to the question, you know, 80 year old man lifting heavy things, probably not having an easy time, alright, so I went to help him, and also I don't know like why that would bug random kids in the neighborhood so much. Oh, did you see that dude over there trying to be helpful? Cringe. Anyways, the emo kid is like, well, he's 80 carrying heavy stuff, so I don't know why I wouldn't help him, you know. It didn't take me very much time, and uh, I don't understand why I wouldn't just go ahead and like try to help him as best as I can if I was right there. And all these kids start trying to turn it into like something to make fun of them for. Oh, look at this wannabe Boy Scout, dude. It's pretty cringe, LMAO. Oh, look at me helping all the old people in the neighborhood. They started trying to like make fun of him for helping this old dude, which I, I don't really understand, man. Listen, I'm 
I'm not against making fun of people. Y'all know that if you're a fan of the channel. I'm all for giving people crap if it's funny, but like, I just don't really understand what's funny about making fun of somebody for being helpful. Oh, look at that. Oh, Mr. Trying to Save the World, pulling over, helping people in an accident. Oh, look at you. You think you're so cool. Like, how are you going to try to bully somebody for trying to help an old man carry heavy stuff? You know, isn't that kind of nice? Like, I, I don't know what you want the response to be to that. Like, oh, you're right. I suck. What a considerate person, dude. Did you ever consider the fact that you're a little bit of a nerd? Oh, get it? I called him considerate and then asked him to consider being a nerd. You get it? Yeah, that was some wordplay. What's up? I'm a bully and I, I take English class. Anyways, they're kind of like coming for his neck about this. And usually in this situation, it would like it, it make the emo kid feel upset. He even admitted that in the message. But because of what the situation was about, he just like didn't really know what to say. All he did was stand there while they're making fun of him and go like, all right, well, I'm sorry for helping the old man, I guess. Like, I don't, I don't really know what you want me to say. Like, he didn't feel bad about it because it's not like it was the bad thing to do. I don't know, man. You'd have to, like, be pretty uh, open to peer pressure to be peer pressured into, like, not wanting to help somebody struggling with something, you know? Yeah, listen, old man, I know I said I would help you organize your garage, but these kids at school said, oh, look at you want to be Boy Scout, so now I think this is on you. You just take all the boxes instead. Regardless, they're kind of like, dude, you just kind of are a wannabe Dracula out here helping people. It's kind of weird, bro. Like, you're not even from here. Why do you care so much about what people in the neighborhood need? Need help with uh i don't i don't know i just like i definitely like, what are you what are you even supposed to say to that dude why do i care about people that need help with stuff even though i just moved here i don't know i mean am i not a, like how long do you have to live in a place before you're allowed to help people um actually you haven't lived here for at least two equatorial rotations so you're not allowed to help anyone with any type of yard work or moving boxes all right Anyways, the emo kid is kind of going back and forth with them and is like, look, I don't really know what your issue is, alright? I don't know what me looking like Dracula has to do with anything, but I'm actually going to be helping him again after school today, so if uh, you guys are going to have a problem with that, then, uh, you know, I guess you're going to have an issue, but I don't really understand what's wrong with me being emo and, like, helping somebody. I, he's just really not understanding what they're going for. This has been the saddest attempt at bullying I've ever had described to me. This is the equivalent of going up to, like, an NFL player. Oh! Oh, what are you, good at football, pal? Ooh, what are you, Mr. Multimillionaire for tossing a ball? It's like, dude, I mean... I, I guess, in theory, that could make you feel cool. But you're not really making them feel bad. Like, what, do you want them to be ashamed of the fact that they're a millionaire for throwing a ball around? Anyways, they kind of say to that note, like, what a waste of time, dude. Helping some random old man isn't gonna help you get into college or make money. Like, I don't know why you do that. Which is nuts to me, bro, because it's like, I, I, does everything have to be done for your college resume, dude? Call me crazy. I got into a college. It wasn't the best college of all time, alright? I wasn't out here rocking up to Stanford. But that that being said, you know, I got into a college and uh, I did not have the best extracurricular activity rap sheet, alright, I will say that. I don't know, I feel like you're allowed to just help an old man that asked for help and like not really expect a crap ton of gold or a college experience in return. Regardless, the emo kid is just kind of like, alright, the bell rings, they have to go their separate ways and he walks away. They're all cheering, you know, as if they just really won that altercation, but he's like, damn, they're kind of dumb. Regardless, though, after school, he gets to the old man's house, and, uh, he, he knocks on the door, and the old man answers, he's like, oh, awesome, this'll be great, I'll just go open the garage, meet me around there. So he goes around, he opens the garage, and, uh, he says, hey, 
all right here's kind of what i need all these boxes were in this room i'm not really sure what's in them i have an idea it should be a lot of like stuff i've collected through the years but you know i just need all these boxes we have to go through them and listen over the course of an 80 year lifetime you tend to have a lot of crap if you haven't gotten rid of your crap over 80 years there's a lot of it you know there's just a lot of boxes there's a lot of uh, different types of boxes boxes that are marked from like the 70s boxes that are marked from the 50s homeboys out here really having like a time capsule just because he's a little bit of a hoarder you know just 80 years worth of stuff and the old man's like all i really need you to help me do is go through these and organize it and so seems fair enough he opens the first box and it's an entire box of old baseball cards in like mixed conditions some better than others but you know he's kind of like all right these boxes aren't full of garbage there might actually be some stuff in here that's worthwhile he opens up the second box and it's a bunch of like metal ad signs from like old companies and stuff which uh if you've ever watched American Pickers, which I have, you would know that metal advertising signs do tend to fetch a hefty penny, alright? So, you know, he's not taking anything from the boxes and he's not, like, freaking out or anything, but he's taking note that a lot of these boxes seem to be full of stuff that could be worth a lot of money if you were to sell it, you know? And there's a lot of boxes, so he just ends up helping the man kind of go all through this, organizing everything, sorting through it, and spends the next four hours with this old man just going through the box ends up organizing them putting them on these shelves that he had and uh, when it's all said and done there's like 15 boxes of baseball cards a couple boxes of like these small advertising signs you know maybe 30 other boxes of like collectible stuff not as much that this kid knew anything about but it was like in decent condition you know and at that point he's like thank you for helping me out and the emo kid looks at the old man and is like yeah of course no problem I had a great time looking through the collection even if you're not particularly into baseball like I'm not a baseball fan it would be cool to like see a bunch of really old baseball cards you know so overall he's not really too pressed about it the old man said thank you for helping and the emo kid was just gonna leave Sure, the old man had mentioned paying him, but, like, he had just had a bunch of fun going through the collection, you know, helping the old man was something he probably would have done anyways. So he was just gonna walk out the door without expecting any payment in return, you know, he wasn't really pressed about it. Anyways, he goes to turn and leave the garage, and the old man stops him and is like, hey, don't I owe you something for your help? Like, didn't I say I was gonna pay you? And the emo kid looks at him, and he's like, nah, you don't have to, you know, it's not necessary, you don't have to. Like, I enjoyed looking at the collection, I had a good time. So uh, you, you really don't have to do that. It's okay. And listen, man, I feel like most people in that situation would have been like, yeah, I helped you move all these boxes, cough up the dough. And I think the fact that the kid really didn't want to pay, get paid, like, made the old man feel like he deserved to get paid even more. And the old man literally had had his wallet out at the start of that conversation and is, like, kind of surprised by his answer. And he's like, all right, you sure you really don't want money? And the emo kid's like, yeah, it's just really not that big of a deal. It's okay. And the old man's like, are you sure? Like, he keeps asking him, trying to make sure, like, dude, trust me, like, I want to pay you, you just help me move all these boxes, please take the money. And the kid just keeps being like, nah, nah, nah. And he doubles down again, he's like, look, it was an awesome collection, the old baseball cards were really cool, I'm glad I got to help you out, I had something to do after school, I really don't need anything, it's okay. And the old man kind of has, like, something change in his head, you can kind of tell that he's thinking now. And he puts his wallet away, and he just decides to walk over, and he grabs one of the boxes of these old baseball cards right and he walks over to the emo kids and he goes all right since you won't take money you keep mentioning how cool the collection is i want you to have this 
And the emo kid's like, no, no, I can't take this. You know, these cards are so old, who knows what they're worth. And the old man's like, look, I'll be honest with you. I have no clue what the cards in there are worth. Sure, they could be worth a crap ton, but you can keep them, sell them. I don't care. This box is yours. You have to take it for helping me. It's the least that I could do, you know? And once again, the emo kid tries to reject it. At this point, it's like, take the box, bro. Clearly, homie's sending you home with something. You've tried to reject it multiple times. If he wanted to send you home empty-handed, he had his chance. He would have been like, all right, dude, bye. Close the door. Done. Over with. If someone's trying to pay you like 50 times just take it just take it man why are you trying to not get stuff for your hard work sometimes if you offer no it's okay you don't have to and they're like nah i insist then they insist it is what it is regardless finally the emo kid reluctantly takes the box and he's like all right thank you and he decides to go back home and obviously he goes back home goes to his room goes opens the box and starts to kind of go through the cards right and as he's going through them he's like man a lot of these are pretty old he's like i don't know a whole bunch about baseball but i know baseball cards are collected that kind of go up in value the older they get sometimes and a lot of these are in pretty good condition for how old I think they are so I, I wonder you know what's going on like are any of these worth anything and listen I'm sure this 80 year old man knew that some of the cards had probably gone up in value but didn't really like know how much and on top of it you got to remember that like it's not like this old man is super apt at looking up old card prices on the internet to know the value of his collection if he tried to list them all today on eBay I don't really think this guy would uh, know how to function in the Google too well. So whatever, as he's going through this all, he decides to pull up eBay, get them all, or- all, all organized, and just kind of see what they're worth. The man, when they had been talking about the collection, you know, and like how he had come to get it all, he talked about how he had always liked baseball, so he had just kind of been buying cards forever. So, you know, obviously when you've been doing that for an extendedly long time, some parts of your collection are going to be valuable. So after he organized all the cards and starts going through it, looking them up, the first card was worth like three bucks, you know. All right, that's that's fair, he says. The second card he picks up is like a really old looking card. You know, I, I don't know anything about baseball cards, but he looks it up and he's flabbergasted because a PSA rated one is worth like $5,000. And so, obviously, at that point, his jaw literally hits the floor. And so, he's like, damn, dude, I'm holding a $5,000 baseball card in my hand. He gave me a cardboard box full of baseball cards that were neatly stacked. Like, there's a crap ton in here. If one of these cards is worth five grand, there's a pretty good chance that the rest of this box is going to be worth a very hefty amount of money. Which, all in all, is probably some pretty good analysis. You know, like I said, I'm not a trading card expert out here, but if someone gives you, like, a box of 800 things, and the second thing is worth five grand, you could probably assume the rest of the stuff put together is at least ten grand. You know, if it's, like, a collection of stuff. So, whatever, he starts to go through the rest of the cards and just quickly comes to the conclusion that the rest of the box is so much money. He doesn't go through every single card. A lot of them are only worth, you know, 50 cents, two dollars. Like, it's not like a lot of them have a lot of value, but by the time there's only, like, maybe a hundred cards that he hasn't identified and looked through the price on, he's come to the, uh, amount of this box being worth probably about $150,000 in baseball cards just sitting here. Alright, guys, I'm gonna interrupt the video for a second. I went ahead and made a little Spotify show. I'll put the link in the top of the description down below, but if you want to listen to any of the story times, uh, on there, I'm gonna be posting them a lot quicker than I was on that other one, so like I said, link in the top of the description. Go check it out if you want to listen to any of the story times offline and uh, let's get back to it at that point though he decides he needs to say something to the old man because like you know he 
would feel bad taking $150,000 worth of baseball cards for four hours of work, which, you know, I'll give him credit, way nicer than most people would be in this situation. 99% of the people would have sold all the cards on eBay and moved away before the old man even knew what hit him, but regardless, he decides that's not what he's about, so uh, he goes back over to the old man's house, knocks on the door with the box, Old man answers, and he's like, hey, man, I told you that you needed to keep this. I told you that these were yours. What are you doing trying to bring it back? And he goes, well, I ended up looking online to see what it would be like if we sold them, you know. And uh, come to find out, it's worth about $150,000, so I just can't take that for the amount of work that I did. I really appreciate it, you know, I really do, but I only did four hours of work. This is worth way more than what that's worth. And the old man kind of sits there thinking for a second, and he goes, well, how much did you say they're worth online? And he's like, $150,000, this box, from what I could guess. And he goes, all right, well, I know nothing about eBay, so I won't give you the box, fair, but what if you sell them online for me for, like, a percentage? You know, I don't know how any of that online stuff works. There's no way I'd ever be able to figure it out. So if you did that for me, you'd help me out by letting me sell them and get all that money, and then you'd make some money because you'd get a percentage of whatever you sell, okay? How about that? Because I have no clue how this internet stuff works. I need somebody to set everything up for me and run it for me. Anyways, the emo kid is obviously not gonna say no to that. That's a pretty good situation. He gets a percentage. He doesn't feel like he's ripping off the old man, and they end up agreeing that he gets 5% if he sells all the cars, right? And obviously, he's stoked with that because 5% of that first box is, what, 7500 bucks, something like that around there. That's not too shabby if you're just, like, doing work listing stuff on eBay that you didn't have to collect in the first place. So over the next few weeks, he's just spending a lot of time going through all of these boxes, sorting everything, getting everything priced, making sure everything has, like, a listing so he can justify the price. You know, a little bit of, like, okay, I did this price because this cost this, and I think that we can sell it for this. You know, he's doing a crap ton of research, and it ends up being close to what the kid estimates is $1.3 million of baseball cards, advertising signs. Like, this guy just had all this crap in his garage and the old man is just absolutely shocked right he had no clue he had assumed that like they might have some value but for the most part you know he didn't think that baseball cards would be worth anything He had worked as an engineer and, like, would get a lot of metal signs from working whenever he was on an engineering project. He would just toss them in the box. And then a lot of the baseball cards, he liked baseball. So, like, he'd be in the gas station, grab a pack for $2, open it, and then throw them in a box. You know, just didn't really pay much attention to it. So he had just slowly built up this collection of a bunch of crazy cards, mainly because he didn't know what he had. Like, if he would have been trying to flip it and build this great collection, I don't know how this would have worked. But because he was just kind of hoarding old stuff, stuff it worked out for him now don't be a hoarder I wouldn't recommend that you know but regardless they end up selling everything he was a little bit off in his pricing and so over the next year they end up selling 1.1 million dollars worth of stuff so you know you do some math I think that means emo kid took home a cool $55,000 for helping which is not too bad for just being in the right place at the right time helping a dude move boxes I mean, I'll take $55,000 for just, you know, helping somebody move boxes and then listing stuff on eBay. Like I said, you didn't have to do the hard part of being 80 and collecting stuff for your entire life. Anyways, when it was all said and done, this old man and him had become good friends, because obviously that's what happens when you're, like, you know, doing business together, things are going good, you're making money, easy to get along with somebody in that situation. And obviously, he was kind of talking to the old man about how, like, he was going to take the money and spend it on college and stuff, and uh, everybody was very hyped about it. 
Now, I do want to make it clear that, like, once again, his mom has known this old dude before. Like, his mom and him had talked and gone over how he's an old man, you know, he wants to move to a retirement home, he's retired now, he has all this stuff. Like, it's important to know that this old man wasn't an absolute stranger before this, okay? Because, uh, that, that would be a bizarre, bizarre situation. If you're ever walking down the street and your neighbor's like, Hey, kid, you want to come into my garage? I have a million dollars worth of stuff. You run, okay? You, you run the other direction. That's not a really good reason. That being said, you know, he knew this guy was, like, cool with his mom, which is why he had thought it would be cool to help him in the first place. Just a situation where it really worked out for this dude to have a neighbor who had a million dollars in his garage that he wasn't aware of, man. Like, do you think this old man looks back and is like, damn it, I wish I would have known about this when I was 70? I would have had another decade of rolling around the casinos, throwing around cash like there was no tomorrow. I just don't know how you, like, have a million dollars worth of stuff and don't realize it. I guess the only way is to just not realize the stuff you might be collecting could be valuable. Like this guy, just open a pack of baseball cards, look through them, and then toss them in a box, not realizing that you have, like, a bunch of good player rookie cards or whatever. Seriously, though, like I said, don't consider this advice to be roaming around looking for boxes in garages, all right? There's a better chance that you're going to end up locked in a weird person's garage than you are going to make $55,000 being nice to an old person. Either way, though, I thought it would be an insane story time you guys will enjoy. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Alright, so, you know, we've talked about it on the channel. You don't really get to pick the people that live next to you. If you have some crazy person living in your neighborhood, it just kinda is what it is. And this guy lived in a particular neighborhood with a spoiled kid on his street. And, uh, he basically just thought he was allowed to do whatever he wanted. And the reason he got that way is because his parents had to work a lot. I'm not gonna dunk on them for having to work a lot, but he was left home a lot alone. And, uh, when no one was supervising him, he would just get up to no good. And he was so annoying and just, like, so aggressive that it had gotten to the point where the subscriber who sent this to me and all of his friends in the neighborhood just banned him from being able to play any games with them because he always would be hyper-aggressive. Like, if you were playing tag, he would purposely try to shove you as hard as possible if you were near something so you would, like, fall into it. If someone tripped and hurt their knee or whatever, he would always laugh at it. And after a while, they just got tired of it because he was just out of control, so they said, you can't really hang out with us anymore. Like, we don't want to play games with you. And listen, that would suck, but his response to being banned from playing tag with the neighborhood kids was to just go into his room in, like, the second-story window where his bedroom was and just start shooting airsoft guns at all the kids running around and when they went and told their parents they go and knock on the door but his parents weren't home so he just didn't answer the door He's just a very, very angry kid. I would love to know the logic on that one. Oh, they don't want me to play tag with them because I always get so mad and freak out for no reason. Better go grab my uh, airsoft and just start blasting them while they're playing tag. That makes everybody want to play with me even more. And on top of that, but another reason that he was banned from playing tag with them, he was not only obsessed with like shoving people and just like being way too intense for a game of tag, but he was obsessed with fire as well. Like, listen. I think every boy has gone through the phase where you like to, you know, make a fire with a magnifying glass or whatever. Everybody has been there. I'm not saying fire sucks and it's like never cool. But that being said, it was as if the only thing the guy ever wanted to do was start fires, talk about fire, and look at a fire. There's a time and place for that. If you're camping and you want to make a fire, all power to you. But this guy would be like on the side of people's houses trying to make a bush fire two feet away from a house. 
And once the parents had caught them doing it, asked him what they were doing, and he said making a fire. And that's when the parents even got on the kids' sides and were like, yeah, I don't really know if you should be hanging out with that guy. Not only is he willing to just fight you if you go against him, but he's also trying to get everybody involved in the opposite of the fire department, the fire department, but for starting them. And he just kind of gave off weird vibes. But whatever, one day they were all hanging out outside, and he walked up to them, and they started to get a little nervous, because whenever he walked up to them, he was either bragging about something dumb he was about to do, or like about to threaten them. And he starts saying how his parents were going to be gone for a couple days, so he had a bunch of quote-unquote science experience that he was going to do and uh, his grandma was staying with him but his grandma was really old and she couldn't really see that well so he was going to be able to like do whatever science experiments he wanted and everyone is just kind of listening to him go off about these science experiments and they're like okay well that's cool good for you man you have so much fun with those science experiments uh just trying to get out of the conversation you know and you're just smiling nodding your head uh-huh uh-huh wow really oh wow so, so incredible but one of the kids in the group he's talking to makes the mistake of going, well, what ex science experiments are you going to do? Which is a fair question. You just don't want to ask a crazy person that. Like, if you know the person is just known for starting fires and causing issues, the last thing you should ask is, what science experiment are you trying to solve? Because it's either going to be something nuts or you're going to regret asking. And he starts to tell them that, you know, he obviously loves to start fires. And they're like, yes, we do know that about you. You do love to start fires. But he's always wondered what would happen if he started a fire in his bedroom and if it would be easy to control and immediately everybody is like that's a horrible idea that's a very stupid idea don't do that because that might actually be the dumbest thing i've ever heard of i'm making this very clear if anyone watches this and it's like i should make a fire in my house you're an idiot you are a moron do not do that but for whatever reason this guy thought it was a science experiment to try to start a fire in his bedroom and i'm not really sure what the science experiment is there like, what's the hypothesis? It won't light on fire because it's in a house? Houses burn down, man. They can definitely start in a house. I didn't realize this was something people doubted. This is the equivalent of being like, hmm, I wonder if I put a pool in my house if it would still be a pool. Like, yeah, it'll still be a pool. Now you just have a pool in your house. But whatever, they start telling him, like, don't do that. That's a horrible idea. Like, seriously, what are you thinking? Your parents are going to be pissed. Don't do it. And they don't even like this guy. They have a mandated rule not to hang out with him and they're still telling him that he's a moron for thinking that this is a science experiment uh but he's very adamant and starts to get defensive once they start pointing out how horrible of an idea it is and he starts going off on this like monologue-ish speech about how he's doing it for science and one day they're gonna thank him for his experiments I don't know, man. I don't think anyone's going to thank you for this one. And I don't think you're literally doing a single thing for science. It's not like you're strapping yourself to a rocket to go to Mars for science. You're doing the dumbest thing I've ever heard of for science. Like, what do you think? They're going to put you in the history books because you lit a fire indoors? Maybe 30,000 years ago it would have been impressive when it was a bunch of cavemen just sitting around going, oh, fire, fire. But everyone knows how it works now, man. And on top of it, there's this magical thing called, like, lighter. If I want to start a fire, it it's very easy now. The 21st century is fantastic. We have the internet, and uh, we also don't need fires to keep warm. I'm pretty sure most houses that I can think of have a heating system. No, mom, you don't understand my room was cold. So why didn't you turn the air up? You started a fire? Can't believe someone would be this stupid, but he's very adamant that what he's doing is basically the greatest sacrifice 
sacrifice for science he could ever make. And he's going to be in the history books for changing humanity. It'll be simple. When you go to the history textbook, it'll say the world's greatest scientist, Isaac Newton. Oh my gosh, what a guy. Madame Curie, wow, oh, what a, what a genius. And this guy who started a fire in his bedroom, man, wow, what, what geniuses. Anyways, the kid all mad that they think his idea is stupid walks off all pissed off and like, I don't know what type of entitlement you have to have to think that you're justified to light a fire inside, but they decide that they're not gonna let him do that. And it's not like they want to tell on him. They're not, like, hyped about getting him in trouble. But at the same time, they're realizing that if they don't say something to his grandma that's watching him, that he could burn the house down. And they would rather him be mad that they quote-unquote told than, like, him burn down his house. So they go over and they knock on the door and they're waiting for his grandma to answer. And it takes her a little bit, but she opens up and is like, hi, what do you want? And the way she says it isn't very friendly, so they're kind of uh, off-rip. A little bit confused, like, okay, we're just a bunch of kids knocking on the door. Maybe she just doesn't like answering the door. And so she looks like this sweet little old lady, and they start telling her, basically, your grandson likes to make fires, and he told us that he was going to make a fire in the house. We know that his parents are gone for a bit, so we just wanted to let you know, so that way he doesn't do it. And uh, they thought it was a pretty serious situation. you think they'd be grateful. Oh my, thank you so much. I I can't believe my grandkid would try to do something so stupid. Wow. But no, as soon as they start mentioning that her grandson is going to be misbehaving, she starts going full Karen mode, which is probably why he thinks it's okay. Hey, your kid's gonna burn down the house, and then you get yelled at for telling them that their kid's gonna burn down the house. So she just starts denying that that ever happened. She says that she knows that they're making this up. Her grandson never said that he was going to make a fire inside, and that they were ridiculous for trying to make this up to get him in trouble. And they're trying to tell her, like, hey, we wouldn't make this up. Isn't this a really weird thing to make up? Like, what are the odds that all of us get together and decide to make up a story that your kid wants to make a fire inside? Why would we do that? There are so many better things for us to lie about to get him in trouble if that's what we wanted to do, but it's not what we want. And the grandma's having none of it, just like you guys are trying to get my kid in trouble because you're jealous of how incredible he is. Because he's smarter and more adventurous than you guys, you just want to see him fail. No wonder the dude had such an inflated sense of self-importance. Someone tries to warn grandma he's going to burn down the house. Grandma's like, my grandson is a saint. Yeah, the saint of fire, maybe. Fire indoors. I don't know if that's what you want to be the saint of. And then she kind of explains her standoffishness, and she says that her grandson had already told her that all the kids in the neighborhood hate him and will lie to get him in trouble which is not true they would not lie to get him in trouble but i think he realized his grandma's not from here like the neighborhood so if he just told her that all the other kids in the neighborhood are evil and will get him in trouble she's probably gonna believe him i mean let's be honest if you tell grandma that everybody in the neighborhood's mean to you she's probably going to believe you it's just like a grandma thing oh my little grandson but whatever she's basically just confirming to them that uh this guy's nuts, hates them, and he's cooked up this conspiracy theory that the entire neighborhood is out to make up theories to get him in trouble. That'd be kind of flattering. I feel like if somebody was dedicated to the point where they're just making up stuff about me lighting fires inside, I'd be flattered. Like, that's some next level uh, hatred they got going on for you. 
Anyways, she slams the door in their face, and they're just kind of standing there thinking about what just happened, confused, because they thought she was going to be grateful that they had gotten a tip-off about the fire inside. And they're like, well, we tried, you know? Like, at least we tried. If he makes a fire, then we can at least say that we tried. So they go back to playing their game, and they're doing their thing. And about 15 minutes later, they hear some yelling from the spoiled kid's house, and they look, and sure enough, the window he usually was shooting his airsoft gun from, he's standing there and he kind of like starts yelling at them saying nice try trying to tell my grandma but I already told her to not trust anything you say and their response is just okay like all right man we understand that you think this is a movie and we're some enemies but we don't really care we're just trying to hang out please stop yelling at us and then he starts going off about how they're never going to be able to stop him from making a fire inside and one of the friends that the subscribers hanging out with response to that is just go ahead we don't care if you burn your house down and it was almost like he was just coming up with this plan to try to get them to like give him attention or whatever because when the guy says go ahead we don't care his response to that is just i really will do it guys i will i will i will make a fire inside i will and they're like okay we never said that you wouldn't man go for it no guys you don't understand i really will do it all right no one's doubting you dude go for it and listen it wasn't like they wanted him to make a fire inside they obviously didn't want to they tried to tell on him for a reason but at the same time they weren't going to get into some argument with him while he was yelling down from his window and be like no please don't do a stupid thing that you decided to do at a certain point you're in charge of yourself it's not up to the people that you fight with all the time to keep you from making stupid choices but whatever he closes the window and they decide that they're going to move a couple houses down so that way he can't yell at them so they go back to playing their game a couple of of the uh, neighborhood kids come outside and they start playing three flags up and as they're playing three flags up they're not really paying attention until all of a sudden one of them goes hey do you smell that and they smell the air and it smells a little smoky and they start looking and that's when they see faintly right now but a small little plume of smoke coming out of his window so they're like oh maybe he started the fire so they're just kind of watching it and the smoke just starts to get thicker and thicker and they decide that he probably doesn't realize it's getting out of control so they go over and back and they're knocking on the door and they hear the old lady coming and she opens the door all mad and she's like what keep in mind the kid's room is literally on fire right now the smoke is just getting thicker and thicker and they're like your house is on fire and the grandma at first tries to deny it like oh no it's not and they're like really look come look so she comes comes out steps out of the door looks and sees all the smoke and immediately is like oh my god the house is on fire and all the kids are like yeah we know we just told you and so the grandma starts screaming for her grandson and this dude comes downstairs from where the fire is acting super calm and just looks at his grandma and is like what and she starts yelling that the house is on fire and they have to get out of here and the kid just looks at her and says yeah i know calmly as if this isn't an emergency situation yeah grandma duh the house is on fire who do you think started it but whatever he says that he's trying to put it out goes to the fridge grabs two water bottles and starts trying to head back upstairs and call me crazy man but uh the smoke plume that was coming out of his window was a lot bigger than two water bottles nah it's cool guys i got some dasani this fire's got no match for me trust me i don't think that's how it works so whatever the grandma grabs him and is like you can't go back up there and he's starts yelling that he's gonna put out the fire and he doesn't want to get in trouble a little late for that now you might have wanted to think about that before you decided to light your room on fire 
but the grandma runs outside, uses a neighbor's phone to call the fire department. They come and put it out. And thankfully, they responded very quickly, so it wasn't like the fire had spread to the entire house. It was still structurally sound. It wasn't like they were going to have to tear it all down. It wasn't like there was really a whole lot of damage to rooms other than this kid's. But as for his room, it was just destroyed. Like, even from the street, you could see through the walls. Some of the rooms had gotten some damage, you know, but sure enough, he had managed to light his room on fire pretty intensely. And while the fire department is putting out the fire, they could hear the grandma just yelling at him, like, what were you thinking? Why would you try to light a fire inside? What's wrong with you? And the kid was so spoiled and so not used to getting in trouble that like he kept talking back to his grandma and trying to explain that it wasn't a big deal which listen even if you're a very spoiled person let's say nine times out of ten you don't get in trouble for whatever you should get in trouble for I feel like when you're watching your house in flames and your grandma's screaming at you because you lit your room on fire for some reason it's probably just the time to shut up but nope apparently he was so used to getting away with stuff he thought he could weasel his way out of this one and then his grandma said the ultimate which was uh, she was going to call his parents and make them come back from out of town to deal with him. And the second that his grandma said that, his entire demeanor shifted. He was like, no, they don't need to know. They don't need to know. What do you mean they don't need to know, bro? An entire room in their house is gone. You lit it on fire. Even if your grandma didn't tell them, what, do you think your parents were going to come home, pull into the driveway, see, like, charred wood on the outside of their house and go, huh, I don't know, maybe we just, uh, forgot what our house looked like. I don't think you're going to be able to keep this a secret, even if you really want to. Once you've lit something on fire, and the police come, or fire department, sorry, and put it out, I don't think there's going back. I don't think grandma could keep it a secret, even if she wanted to. And why would she want to? You gonna blame it on grandma? Mom, you won't believe it. Grandma got so mad at me when you were gone that she grabbed a flamethrower and lit our house on fire. But she ends up calling his parents and they're like, we'll be home right away. And they're sitting outside. They can't go back into the house. And the kid is just on the curb like, why did you tell them? I can't believe you told them. And the grandma's having none of it now. And she's just snapping back being like, because you were dumb enough to light a fire inside. I still don't know why he wanted to do it. Like he said it was a science experiment, but I don't understand the experiment. What was there to figure out? Yes, you can light a fire inside. Should you? No. Can you? Yes. He really went full Jurassic Park. I can do it. Yeah, but should you? Well, we don't know about that, but I can build a dinosaur. Yeah, okay, and you can poop your pants on command. It doesn't mean that it should be something you do on a daily basis. About an hour later, his parents pulled up, and they're pissed, obviously. No one wants their vacation interrupted, and it definitely must have sucked to be, like, on the beach sipping a Mai Tai and get the call, hey, your son's an idiot and lit your house on fire. And they start getting pissed in the street, and the son starts being like, well, it's your fault that you went out of town. This wouldn't have happened if you went out of town. I don't know, man. I don't really know if you can blame your parents. I feel like most of the time they can trust that their kid's not a dumb enough person to light his own house on fire, even if they are out of town. Well, listen, I wouldn't have had to light the house on fire if you guys wouldn't have been an hour away. It's like, well, uh, what do you call grocery shopping when your parents are gone for 20 minutes? You just feel the need to burn everything? Seems kind of more like a you thing. But whatever, they were going back and forth for a bit, and then eventually the family looks up and they see that the entire neighborhood is just out there watching this. And I don't know what they expected. I feel like if you are uh, having an argument like this in front of your house that was just on fire, the entire neighborhood is going to be watching and 
listening. Like, duh, this is basically the best entertainment they're going to get. Not that it's entertaining their house was on fire, but them screaming at each other in the road. Just like a TV show, basically. One that you would think was too stupid. If this was the plot to a TV episode, everyone would go, oh, that's so unrealistic. Not for this guy, apparently. And they ended up leaving once they realized everybody was watching to stay at a hotel for a bit. The house did get repaired, but as for the guy who lit the house on fire, he didn't come back for a while. And uh, that was because his parents decided to send him to a school that would be a little bit better for, like, I don't know, people who like to burn their house down, I guess. And usually I'd feel really bad about that. I'd be like, oh, that sucks. But when you burn your house down, I feel like your parents' hands might be a little bit tied. They've got to do something. Clearly, whatever they've been trying to do is not doing uh, a whole lot of useful on the parenting spectrum if you just think it's perfectly normal to tell grandma everything's okay before you light the house on fire and can we talk about how he was like no i'm gonna go put it out with two water bottles thank goodness they caught him before he decided to go put out the fire with water bottles bro yeah hold on i i really think this aquafina is gonna do the trick i know the dasani didn't either way uh since he did play with fire i can't really say i'm surprised he got burned there's a cia intro joke i'm gonna put on my sunglasses now yeah but i would definitely recommend not starting a fire in your house, no matter how much you want to call it a science experiment, it's just a really dumb way to guarantee you don't have a room anymore. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, this is a story time from back when I was a youngster in uh, kindergarten. When I was in kindergarten, alright, you know, I didn't really understand what it meant to be, like, bullied and have a teacher not really want to do anything about it, or, like, you know, I didn't really understand what a spoiled kid was and why it bullied me so much, but there was this one kid that I'm gonna name Victor for the purpose of the story that would steal my juice box, like, basically every day. I don't know if he had paid off the teacher or what, you know, if little kindergarten him had slipped the teacher a $100 bill and said, let me steal some juice or whatever. But like it was almost as if every day he would take it I would go try to tell the teacher and she would be like Victor wouldn't steal your juice box Well, that's crazy cuz you know if we were adults Victor would be straight up committing theft right now Regardless, I obviously start to get pretty annoyed with this because, like, I wanted to drink my juice box, you know, and, and Victor was really out here in my way, impeding my, you know, American right to drink some juice. Regardless, I decided that I was gonna take matters into my own hands because, you know, the teacher wouldn't really do anything. I remember talking to my parents about it one day, and they were like, if he keeps stealing your juice box, just tell the teacher and she'll take care of it. Yeah, okay, maybe, maybe if the teacher was doing in their job, but she was just out here letting Victor take everything. So I was obviously trying to concoct a, a plan in my little brain about how I was going to get Victor back for stealing my juice box. And at the time, I can't remember the cartoon. I can, like, see it in my head. I can't remember the name of it. I was watching this cartoon, and the guy had done something where, like, he was supposed to give the guy something, but he had made something that looked like that instead, like a decoy, basically. And I remember being like, huh, I wonder if I, like, gave him my juice box. I'm doing air quotes, but the juice was, like, something disgusting that he would hate. If he would just stop tasting my juice box, you know, like, if I just to make him have a bad experience once if that would like make him stop messing with me. So I decide that I'm going to like, you know, fill a juice box with something dumb and then like give it to him to drink it and then I'm gonna look like a genius. 
And at the time, you know, this particular teacher, I don't know why she would say this all the time, but like when somebody did something dumb, she would be like, are you a glue eater? I don't really know what that means, but like for some reason, it's just always stuck with me. Like it's just a funny thing to say to somebody like, do you eat glue? I I don't really know where it comes from, but she would say that whenever like a kid would do something dumb, right? And so that gave me the idea. I was like, I'm going to fill my juice box with glue because, you know, I've never tasted glue. It's not something that like I've ever personally gone on a tasting binge for but I'm gonna assume if you're expecting some grape juice and you get a good swig of some Elmer's glue that you're not gonna be too stoked on the uh, progress in your plan all right guys I'm gonna go get some free juice next thing you know your mouth's glued shut like that's probably not what you're down for so I decided to go about this and if you've ever like had a juice box before you know you got to take the straw poke it in the hole you know like there's the there's the whole process and it should be obvious right away if someone's been like messing with the juice box so what i did to get around this you know i had taken the straw poked a hole in the juice box drank the juice right and then i had gone and taken an elmer's glue bottle dude and i had gone into this like little room off of the the classroom they called it the library but it was more like a closet with books in it and I went in there and I was like making sure nobody's looking at me feeling like James Bond being stealthy as possible and I just start putting glue into um, the the juice box instead of juice and surprisingly nobody noticed and then I was like all right now I have a juice box full of glue okay part one complete I headed back out of the library now I needed a way to like convince him that this juice box hadn't been messed with and I decided the best way to do that was to get a straw from a different juice box that hadn't been opened I mean obviously if he comes to take my juice there's already like a straw in it you know there's a hole punched in it it's obvious I've been messing with it so I went and asked one of my friends if I could borrow his straw I gave him the straw that I had just used for my juice box and it was still sealed up so I took a little bit more of the glue and like glued the straw to the back of the juice box so it looked like it was it was a new juice box right and I just kind of set it on my desk because the way Victor would come steal my lunch he would just kind of walk by my desk and take it and if I said anything he'd be like oh no I didn't I didn't take this this is mine no I would never take your juice box he was just annoying right I just hated him so I just left it on my desk because I knew homie was gonna come take it he's just a juice box thieving man and sure enough he comes over and I hadn't resealed it but like he just figured because he had just ripped the uh straw off the side and kind of heard a crunch that it was sealed so he goes haha I took your juice box again and I remember being like Victor what the heck dude give it back because I didn't want him to know that anything was weird about it and he's like no I'm gonna drink it right now and he takes the straw and he jams it into this juice box and ladies and gentlemen let me tell you my suspense was through the roof I was so ecstatic to see the look on his face when he drank glue dude so sure enough he takes a sip I I watched the glue go through the straw it goes into his mouth and his face contorts just to just pure disgust oh what is this this isn't juice and I'm like you're right dude it's glue wait to go you took my uh juice box only problem is it's not full of juice idiot and he instantly just screams the teacher's name he's like blah 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 ryan just made me drink glue and of course the teacher comes over like what do you mean you drank glue do we have to send you to the nurse's office what's happening like fill me in and he starts to cry a little bit he's like i wanted to take a drink of his juice box and i i did it and it has glue in it and the teacher's like did you fill a juice box with glue 
And yeah, I did fill a glue box, or glue box, glue juice box. I guess that was a merger. I did fill my uh, juice box with glue because he keeps taking it every day. And I've told you about that. And you would think at that point, the teacher might like feel a little bit bad, you know, that I had literally been saying he keeps taking my juice box and here he is admitting that he took my juice box. But no, my dumb kindergarten teacher instead decided to put me in trouble because I had like put glue in the juice box. Huh? Let me get this straight. I left the juice box on my desk. I didn't leave a note that says, hey, please drink this. It's my juice box. Don't take it. And I'm going to get in trouble because he decided to come drink my juice box that I filled with glue. Sure, it was a trap. 100%. 100% I knew he was going to come steal my juice box. The entire point was to make him drink glue. But that was the entire point. Regardless, she got all mad at me and gave me this big speech about how, like, you know, I'm not Batman. It's not up to me to, like, make justice happen in the classroom, which, fair enough, it's not the student's job to, like, make people not steal their juice box. It's yours, but you suck at your job. That's why he's stealing my juice box. Like, what do you want What do you want me to do out here? You know what I mean? If somebody was coming up and stealing your lunch every day, eventually you might put a cat turd in your sandwich. I'm just saying you would consider it. I'm not saying it would be the right thing to do, but you gotta understand where the person coming from. Anyways, the teacher is getting all mad at me for, like, taking it into my own hands. And then she does something that, like, I really was not going to do. She's like, you need to apologize to Victor. And I'm not going to apologize to somebody that just stole my juice box, okay? Like, are you crazy? Are you kidding me? My grape juice is my grape juice. You know, if I had just put glue in it for no reason, convinced him he could have it just to watch him drink glue, then I owe him an apology. If he stole something off my desk and took a big old swig before he asked what it is, why would I apologize? So, you know, kindergarten me just decides to die on this hill. And I'm like, no, I'm not apologizing. And the teacher's like, you need to apologize. You can't, you know, just go around taking it into your own hands. And I'm like, fair enough. I shouldn't have broken your rules, but I'm not going to apologize because he stole my juice box. And my teacher one more time is like, are you really going to accuse him of stealing? And I'm like, yes, what would you call it? And at that point, I think she realized that like I, I was ready to die on this hill. I'm not saying kindergartners are logical. Most of the time, kindergartners are probably very illogical. But I think she could just see like, you know, when you're a little kid and you're so mad, you're about to cry just how mad I was about it, you know? And I think she kind of realized I had been saying he's stealing my juice box every day because she finally was like, all right, you don't have to apologize, but just don't do it again, which, you know, was okay with me. I didn't plan on having to put uh, glue in my juice box again because I assumed he would learn a lesson and stop doing it. Which, to be fair, I was right. He did go steal other people's juice boxes every day, but he stopped stealing mine because he figured there might be glue in it and it's not worth the risk. So, all in all, uh, you know, moral of the story, don't steal juice boxes. Uh, Victor, you, you deserve to drink some Elmer's glue, dude. You shouldn't have stolen other people's juice boxes, too. But, you know, it's not my job to make other people make you drink glue. Victor, if you see this for some reason, uh, I, I still hate you, dude. Uh, you suck. Jokes aside, you know, no, no hard feelings, obviously. Like, kindergarten's just a weird time. That being said, dude, don't let nobody take your grape juice. If you gotta make somebody take a sip of glue in order to preserve your grape juice rights, then you do it. They had a pretty good job right out of high school, and they decided that they were gonna take a break from college for a year or just skip it and focus on their job. And in order to do that, you know, they needed to get an apartment closer. So he ended up finding a bedroom in a three-bedroom apartment with two other dudes. And he went over there to meet 
meet them and make sure everything was gonna be chill, and when he went over there, the apartment was pretty clean, you know. It wasn't insanely dirty, there was like a couple dishes in the sink, but whatever, it didn't really matter to him. And one of the roommates was super aggressive with the questioning, asking him like if he was ever gonna be loud or dirty, because he really couldn't tolerate that. And he was kind of confused with how angrily he was asking the question, but he answered it honestly. He's like, yeah, I mean, at some point, if I live here, I probably will be a little bit messy or a little bit loud. But if you got an issue and you tell me to be quiet, I won't have a problem being quiet. And if I wake up the next morning and it's messy, then I'm going to clean up after myself. You know, which is a fair way to answer that question. But he just kind of assumed the guy maybe was like a little bit of a neat freak and was just really bothered by messes. So he just didn't really want to cause that big of a deal about it. And so we're going to call the neat freak guy Jake or alleged neat freak guy Jake. Anyways, after he kind of said like, oh, I'll clean up after myself, Jake decided to excuse himself for a second and stepped out there. And the other roommate, Barry, was like, listen, dude, I'll be honest, living with Jake kind of sucks, but the roommate uh, situation isn't bad with me and it's pretty cheap, so it's not that bad. And so that kind of like brought the guy over. He's like, all right, at least I'm not the only one seeing Jake's a little bit weird. So he decided, whatever, I'll move in here because it's close to work and it's cheap. So, you know, he decides to move in like three days later. And when he moves in, the house definitely was not as clean as it was the first time he went over. It was a little bit messier, but once again, it wasn't that bad, just some dishes in the sink, which he thought, once again, could have just been like, hey, they cook dinner after work, they're tired, they went to bed, whatever, they'll do them at another time. He thought it was just them being busy for the night or whatever, which, you know, in like an apartment with three dudes, yeah, sometimes the dishes are gonna pile up a little bit, and as long as they get cleaned, that's all that matters, and they don't like start stinking up the place. So he ends up moving in, and on the first night, the dishes still aren't done. And so he just kind of politely asked them, like, oh, do you guys plan on doing the dishes? And Barry was like, yeah, man, of course, I'll help you. And Jake was like, hmm, yeah, no, I don't really feel like helping. And he also said it doesn't even smell yet, so it's not like they have to do it. Which, in and of itself, is a pretty big red flag. I mean, listen, I'm not saying I'm the cleanest person in the world, I'm not bald, I'm not Mr. Clean out here. That being said, you know, even if I've waited a little bit to do the dishes, if you usually are sitting around going, well, it doesn't stink yet, I don't know, you might obviously be waiting a little bit too long. Like, if your standard for doing the dishes is, well, I can't smell the food rotting yet, so there's just really no need for it to be clean, you might be a messy person. And this is the same guy that was being aggressive about, like, cleaning questions during the roommate interview thing, so he was just really thrown off. But whatever, him and Barry end up doing the dishes while Jake just kind of sits there and watches. And it wasn't that bad, so he's just like, eh, maybe Jake's in a bad mood, you know, the comment about, like, it doesn't stink yet was weird, but I I don't know, maybe he's just pissed off. And he ended up hanging out with them for the rest of the night. And the entire time, Jake was just really pissed off and aggressive. And they end up going to bed at like 11 p.m. And this guy's room was right next to Jake's. And at about 11 p.m., right when they got to bed is when the yelling started. Jake was playing some sort of online game with bad teammates, apparently. And the only reason he knew that is because he was like screaming at them as loud as possible. Which, you know, I listen, I'm not going to say I've never raged at a video game. I've never gotten mad at a video game. That being said, if you, like, have really thin walls and it's 11 p.m. and you know everyone else is sleeping, it's probably not the time to be screaming at video games. I feel like, in general, if you have roommates, you just kind of can't be screaming full volume anymore. Like, obviously, everybody's gotten mad at video games, you know, but you gotta remember, if you have roommates, you just can't be screaming late at night. Especially if you're in an apartment with, like, crappy walls where everyone can hear everything. And so he's annoyed because he can't sleep with the screaming, so he goes and knocks on Jake's door 
door and he's like, Jake, bro, listen, the walls are pretty thin. I got to work tomorrow. Can you please stop screaming? Like, please. Which is not too bad. Sure. I'm sure he doesn't like to be told to stop screaming, but overall, that's like the nicest way you could have asked him to stop screaming. You could have walked into his room and been like, yo, bro, shut up. You're being a moron and annoying me. But no, instead, he just knocked on the door and was like, hey, can you please keep it down? I got to work tomorrow. But Jake did not like that. Even if it was like the nicest phrase question of all time, he did not want to be told to stop screaming. And he starts yelling at his new roommate who had moved in that day. What did you say to me, bro? Like, you're the new roommate. You have no right to tell me anything. Get out of my room, you moron. Like, I don't want to see you ever again. And the dude is literally surprised at how angry Jake has gotten because he feels like he didn't really ask for that much. You know, especially, especially for that angry of a response to just like, get that mad. Get out of my room. You are a moron on when someone's just like hey can you please keep it down so he gets pretty pissed off and he decides to like not take that from jake and he says hey shut your mouth and keep it down or i'm gonna come in there and unplug your computer you know and i don't think anyone had ever talked back to jake in his entire life because jake looks over pissed off but when he looks over pissed off instead of saying anything or talking trash he looks at him and he kind of realizes oh this dude's not kidding like he will come in here and unplug my computer you know it was kind of obvious he was just used to screaming at people and them like not really doing anything about it and he didn't actually want to get into a fight so he looks at him and he's like okay fine I'll keep it down all right are you happy now and he's like yeah sick and so it's a very awkward interaction but he figures it's over he stood up to him so maybe he just like will leave him alone now you know so he goes back to his room and he lays down and he hears Jake because the walls are pretty crappy he's not yelling but he's just talking trash to whoever is on his team online about his roommate just being like oh if that guy would have actually tried to come unplug my computer I would have flung him through the wall you know he's lucky I didn't feel like fighting and obviously this pisses off the dude who's hearing it but he's like whatever as long as he keeps it down and I can sleep and go to work it's fine you know he's gonna suck as a roommate like this is when he has the realization like this guy's just gonna suck I should probably get out of here as fast as possible he's not gonna be fun to leave live with but he's not screaming and if I keep fighting back and forth with him I'm gonna be up all night so whatever I'll let him talk trash to these people online I, I don't care and so he ends up getting to sleep and Jake the entire time is just telling these people online like, yeah, I would have beat him up, bro, for sure. Like, if that if he came in to turn off my computer, dude, I would have just destroyed him. Which is funny, because as soon as he looked over, he was like, okay, you're right, I'll keep it down, sir. Anyways, the next day comes, he goes to work, and he just does his thing. He comes home from work, obviously pretty exhausted, and he walks in, and there's a new pile of dishes that are stacked up. You know, a brand new, disgusting pile of dishes. He knows Barry isn't home, because he's at work, and he hears Jake in his room screaming at a video game, and he's annoyed, but he's like, you know what, I'm not doing the dishes. I'm going to my room. So he goes in and just starts working on something on his laptop that he needed to do tomorrow for work. And like a couple hours later, he hears Barry come home and he only hears him come home because he starts yelling in the living room, Jake, Jake, get out here, Jake. And he hears Jake's doors open and someone walking out there and he's like, dude, why are there dishes in the sink again? And Jake's like, man, I had to cook. And Barry's like, well, then you need to do the dishes, bro. And Jake's response to that is, yeah, I don't really do those. And Barry stops for a second and then goes well then stop cooking I like what do you even say to that man let me get this straight so you're gonna cook and like fill the sink up with dishes but you know you don't really do dishes you just do the cooking thing part of living is cleaning up after yourself you know it's not like your roommates are always gonna be around to do the dishes especially because you don't do them like what does that even mean bro have you never done dishes in your life like do you usually throw away the casserole dish when you're done with it you don't even keep it you don't take it back to grandma's like how have you never done dishes in your life obviously that pisses off Barry and Barry tells him like look you 
either need to start doing dishes or you're going to get banned from the kitchen. Which, you know, I don't really know if you can ban him from the kitchen. I don't know if that's fair. But that being said, dude, if someone was just making you clean up after them 24-7 and, like, just being annoying about it, yeah, you know, you're probably going to get pissed off and you're just going to be like, no, you don't get to use the kitchen anymore, you know? Probably not something you can actually enforce, but still, Barry's just over cleaning up after this grown man who apparently just does not do dishes. Jake, though, obviously doesn't like this threat, and so he starts going off about how, like, I don't even need roommates. You realize that my parents pay for this apartment, you know? This is my place. I'm just being nice by letting you guys live there, which does explain a lot as to why he's just like, I don't care about this place at all, because he's not the one paying for it. You know, if mom and dad are paying for it, then technically all the money he's getting from renting to these dudes is probably just going straight to his pocket. So whatever, he probably just really does not care about this at all. And so Barry snaps back and he's like, Jake, you don't have a job, bro. I know for a fact that you just take the money that we give you for rent and just use it to live on. Like, I know you don't tell your parents that we live here because every time they visit, I have to go somewhere else because they pay for the whole apartment. Like, you think I haven't figured this out, bro? You think I don't realize what's going on? It's fine because it's a really good deal on this apartment, but I know for a fact that your parents don't know you're renting out these rooms because they're paying for the whole apartment. Which, you know, I, I, like, I'm not gonna lie that it's a smart idea, but yeah, it's probably pretty shady to, like, be renting out this apartment room that your parents think you're using to, like, study and then pocket all the money and not tell them. That's pretty shady, bro, you know? Like, listen, dude, you don't have to work at all, you, you don't go to school, you just kind of sit here and play video games as your parents pay for the apartment and you just, like, keep milking people that rent the rooms. And, you know, if I was his parents and I found out about it, I'd be pissed. And then Barry says he also knows that Jake dropped out of college. So basically what had gone on, then Barry continues to explain, is like Jake had come to college and had made this deal with his parents that they would pay for the apartment on the condition that he finishes school and has a job. You know, those were the two rules if they were going to pay for the apartment. And he had just dropped out and quit his job and didn't tell them. And so Barry is like, listen, bro, you got two options. You're going to threaten me and say you don't need me here? That's okay. You're going to do the dishes or I'm going to tell your parents about you dropping out of school and quitting your job. And the person who sent this to me, remember, it's his second day in the apartment and he's literally listening to this through the door. And as he's listening to this and hearing more and more about what's going on, he's like, I got to get out of here, bro. This is insane. Like, I just don't want to live here. This is too dramatic. This is too much. When his parents come, I'm not, like, hiding in the closet while they're here. This is ridiculous. So he starts messaging everyone he knows about an empty room. One of the things is that he hadn't signed anything. Like, there's no contract that he is here or he has to stay here. Because obviously, with Jake's little plan, he couldn't put them on the lease. Because, you know, the parents would be able to find out that, like, oh, there's two other people on the lease, you know. So the way it was working out is Barry and this dude are renting rooms kind of on like a handshake agreement. So he had just moved in. He hadn't moved all of his stuff in. He hadn't bought a lot. So he's like, look, I need to just get out of here. And the second a room opens up anywhere else, I got a dip. And so he hears Jake doing the dishes and he hears like, you know, just the clattering of dishes and him screaming about how this is unfair and he can't believe humanity hasn't made a dishwashing robot yet, which I mean, dishwasher, bro, we kind of did. Uh, I, I guess he's like wanting Cogsworth 
from Fallout 4 to be out here doing his dishes. Which, I mean, I think we all do, but it doesn't exist yet. And even then, you still have to clean up after yourself, bro. Like, okay, we agree that there should be a robot to do all of our chores, you know, ideally. But it doesn't exist. So until then, you gotta do it. And he's, like, just complaining the entire time. And Barry is not having it. And he's like, Jake, shut up. Shut up, bro. If you keep complaining, I'm gonna move out. And Jake replies to Barry about how, like, you're too poor to afford to rent anywhere else, so you can't move out anyways. And they're just going back and forth, just insulting each other. And, you know, he's listening through the door still. And he's like, I gotta move out, bro. This is just toxic. Like, this is just toxic. They're fighting like an old married couple. They hate each other. And as he's thinking to himself how awful it is to live here, it's almost like the clouds opened up because he gets a message back from one of the new co-workers at his job who he had been hanging out with at work. And he's like, listen, I have a room, you know, it's the same price as that room. And he literally texts the guy back. He's like, all right, I'll be there tonight. And he replies like, LOL, haha, okay. Thinking he's kidding. You know, he's like, there's no way this guy's going to actually move here tonight. But little did he know that the guy was legitimately that desperate to get out of here. He did not want to live with Jake and Barry anymore. And he doesn't come out of his room for the rest of the night. He just didn't want to interact with them. He didn't feel the need and he waits for everyone to go to bed. He hears Barry's room go quiet. He figures he's asleep and he hears Jake screaming at his computer. So he's like, well, he's distracted. And so he decides that like, if Jake's screaming at his video game, he's just not going to come out and check on anything. And Barry's asleep. So whatever, if he wakes up, that sucks. So I'm going to try to be quiet. And as quietly and precisely as he could, he starts like moving all of his stuff out of the apartment. You know, he had a twin bed, so that's pretty easy to get to his truck then his bed, then his desk, and that was really all he had because he had just moved in. So, like, over the course of an hour, he's just slowly clearing out his room into his truck to just get out of there and never have to come back. And after an hour, he does it. Obviously, Jake doesn't come out and check. He doesn't wake up Barry, and so he loads everything up and drives to his new apartment, and he gets there, and the co-worker's like, bro, I thought you were kidding. And he's like, no, I told you I was moving in tonight. And he's like, um, okay. Literally, like, eating popcorn confused because he's like, I did not expect you to be here. And he's like, listen, dude, the other place I was at was just rough. I had to get out of there. So he moves all of his stuff into the room. It doesn't take that long because he doesn't have to be like insanely quiet this time. And this roommate was a lot better. He actually was on the lease and he stayed there for a few years. So this was obviously a much better situation. But back to Jake and Barry, you know, obviously the next morning they wake up and they realize that their new roommate is gone. His room empty is he's not there. And Jake starts freaking out because obviously he didn't have a job. He was taking the money from renting the rooms to like live on. So he sends him this threatening text being like, you broke the lease and technically I can sue you because we had a legal agreement that you would live here for a year. And he's like, yeah, bro, um, our agreement was me just saying I'd live there for a year. I never signed anything and I'm not on the lease. So like that doesn't mean anything. And Jake was pretty pissed off. But once he realized there really was nothing he could do about it, he was like, well, you suck for that. Barry, on the other hand, though, was basically envious. You know, he's like, I wish I would have thought of to do that sooner. You know, I really got to get out of here. And like now that Jake's realized that uh, that we actually can leave because we're not on the lease, he's like actually starting to do dishes, but it's still messy. And he's just kind of listening to Barry Vent. And he's like, yeah, that sucks, bro. That's why I moved out. You know, he's like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm not living with that. And he's like, listen, Barry, just leave. Like there's you're not on the lease. Like you can just leave. It's not worth dealing with that crap, dude. There's plenty of places 
places that will let you move in and rent a room and won't make you be a maid, you know, for no money. Like, there's nothing wrong with being a maid if you're getting paid, right? Like, it's a job. But no, I don't want to live with somebody that just expects me to clean up after them 24-7 for free. Like, what is this, dude? No, thank you. Uh, yet, like, especially with somebody who just doesn't feel the need to clean. Like, it would just bug me if there were always dishes in the sink that were smelly and, like, just rotting food. That would bug me, you know? And if it doesn't bug that person, you're always going to end up cleaning because they just don't care about the rotting food in the sink. I feel like anyone who expects their roommates to just be screamed at and do all their chores probably shouldn't have roommates, you know? It probably easier said than done, but still, dude, if I was Jake's parents and I found out about this arrangement, I would be pretty pissed off. And listen, I've had some pretty bad roommates, you know, but thankfully no one's been demanding that I pay all their bills and clean up after them. Anyways, guys, uh, that'll do it for the video, though. I know this one was a little shorter, but hey, dog, I thought it was pretty entertaining nonetheless. Bad roommate stories tend to be entertaining, you know? I will say it's not as bad as, like, the worst roommate series on Netflix where, like, people die. But still, cleaning up after people is not fun, okay? Let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Anyways, if you did enjoy the video, I'd appreciate you taking a second to press the like button. Let me know in the comment section down below what you thought. And of course, subscribe if you're new and turn on those notifications. If you really want to help me out, I do post the audio versions of these on Spotify. So if you want to give it a listen offline without gameplay, whatever floats your boat, link down below. But uh, yeah, on that note, that'll do it. Don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot. I'll see you guys next time. I'm out. Peace.